Happy Sunday morning. A blessed Sunday, B. Um, you guys having a good weekend so far? Yeah, yeah. yeah I was. Uh, yeah. I spent all day yesterday at Allegheny City for their tiny little beer fest. Oh, fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. I had, uh, I actually um, uh, judged, uh, uh, or I entered a, a, a star naming competition. Mm. Yeah. Do you ever hear one of those are hot in the streets? <laughs> oh, wow. Every good I star got, needs a name. Yeah, I got uh, uh, I got third place. It was, you know, OK showing, but, which, which, but I did get a, a constellation prize. <laughs> Welcome, <laughs> boys and girls, to a very special showdown episode of Halloween is Forever. Sh- sh- showdown. <laughs> Who are you guys? I'm Brian. I'm Meg. <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm Ben. It's Bigfoot yeah. Ben, everybody. Yeah. It's Bigfoot Hi. Ben, guys. As promised, mm. we promised some Bigfoot Ben, and we motherfucking delivered on this beautiful Sunday morning, you guys. If uh, we had as- a, if you guys had a soundboard, or this was a video portion, I'd like like a like a Michael Scott coming in. It's Brittany, bitch. I'm back. <laughs> That's what I feel like this is. Returning for me. guest. Wait, is is Ben the first ever returning guest? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> Let's say that. I like that. <laughs> so. Steve, Steve's complete lack of enthusiasm with that concept. We're so, Who gives a shit? We're so terrible with guests. Oh yeah. That, like we should do better, and we should have more guests, and we, we should get, go on more other podcasts. <laughs> we get consistent requests for people to guest on the podcast we get people who reach out and say i would like to be on your <laughs> podcast would you like to be on our podcast and we're like that's absolutely unmanageable and i'm sorry <laughs> like that's pretty much what our response is we are uh we are always running like fucking maniacs and uh it's always also um trying to find like the exact amount of time we need to record um with everyone's work schedules and stuff but guys we made it happen we have our first i believe and, it, and correct me if i'm wrong out there boys and ghouls but i believe ben is our first returning guest we made it happen mm-hmm. it is my honor to have mm-hmm. that position thank you very much he's here he's here um last time you were on ben oh we should for those of you who weren't on the last uh, episode meg is uh, i think drinking blood in europe i assume that's what she's doing draining people of blood um across the continent um so she is not here um wish she wasn't on the last episode and steve and i went solo um but this is our first showdown episode we've had episodes where we were you know down to two of of the trifecta here uh but this is our first showdown episode where we have uh, a guest on replacing one of the normal um co-hosts so ben is going to be stepping into meg's shoes and we'll talk about what that means in a motherfucking mm. second um but before we do that uh first of all let's tell you how what this little showdown situation is all about essentially we all pick a movie that is decided by uh well the topic is decided by our listeners out there in listener land um we got this big old spinny wheel and on the first monday of every month we pick a topic three topics actually from that spinny wheel we put them on the social medias and our social media friends and listeners select one of those topics then we pick movies associated with them we argue about them somebody takes home that motherfucking strap that championship 
belt, which I'm looking at right now. Um, and this is the first time, uh, you know, a fourth person has the opportunity to win that belt. Although Meg really uh, set up, a, 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 put up some roadblocks for you, didn't she? <laughs> she well, really did. Uh, can we back up for a sec? So if yeah. I do win this showdown, mm-hmm. the belt is actually mine and not Meg's. That's for you Good and question. Meg to figure out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, okay, that's fine. for you and Meg to figure out. Okay. I would say that maybe you and Meg should fight in some capacity. <laughs> I, I, based I would on gladly that. fight Meg. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I think you guys would. I think that would be a, sl- a barn burn, a slobber <laughs> knocker, would do, if man. you will. There wouldn't be. Everything would be broken in that room. There would be there no be teeth anything. left in oh. either of your mouths. <laughs> I think no it goes to like a title unification match. Yeah, oh. that's what I'm thinking. You know, yeah. and then like yeah. maybe you know we get to be the outside judges, mm. but then they, you know, one of them has to do Jeepers Creepers two, and the other has to do Jeepers Creepers three or whatever. They're reborn or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and then it's and then it's it's hardcore rules. It's it falls count anywhere. Uh, yeah, you know, you're fighting back in there, breaking plates. You uh, know, the whole nine yards. And it can only, it can only be decided by Jeepers Creepers movies, though. <laughs> This uh, this has been a a bit of a struggle for me because I'm going to do my best today. I'm going to fight as hard as I can. But if you guys Mm -hmm. recall back when you did, um, I think it was maybe a Jason Jason movie showdown. Yeah. And I recommended that I suggested that Meg do uh, Jason versus was it Freddy versus Jason? Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. Yeah. And she freaking rolled over on that movie. So she didn't even try. She just she didn't even start and she just rolled over on it so hard and at that time i was i was really offended and really upset fired up oh god so i'm gonna try and put all those feelings of hostility aside oh man give this movie the justification it deserves so see brian we should have told him that he doesn't win the belt because then he just would have given up today (laughs) oh yeah he would (laughs) have just rolled over just as a payback you know what fuck this piece of shit movie (laughs) this piece of shit garbage and then just pull my mic and leave <laughs> Meg is Meg has like I said she has set you up with some roadblocks. We'll see if we can overcome them here. But before I'm we ready. get into those freaking movies, you guys, one more uh, reminder: if you want to help us, um, you know, suggest topics uh, that potentially will become showdown episodes, or even if you have some topics that are just for mini zones, go ahead and throw those into the DMs for us uh, on any of the social medias. We're at Halloween is Forever, or some variation on that, on the Instagrams and the TikToks and the Facebooks and the Twitters and all that sort of stuff. So, um, honestly, uh, Instagram and 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 Twitter. Really, yeah, let's, we, let's, let's be honest. Those are the ones on. that we're we're mainly. Meg's uh-huh. Meg's in charge. Meg's in charge of TikTok. As we have as we have established, she is an absentee friend. That, uh, she's that. out gallivanting, drinking blood. She's not holding up her end of the bargain. So that that one video I put up on TikTok, yeah, the, of the 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 go fuck yourself old man from the Christian nightmares. Yeah, like that one I made. Yeah. It like it both got us. You know, like 500 new followers mm-hmm. and it got like, I don't know, almost 25,000 views or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. And then TikTok removed it. So our <sighs> best video is gone oh, really? off TikTok. <laughs> TikTok removed it. No shit. Yeah. Why? Because right. of cussing? What, like, what is... I don't know. Some community violation, but they don't tell you what the violation is. They're no, just TikTok like, don't do blows. that. And like, don't do what? <laughs> yeah. Fuck TikTok forever. Yeah, don't find uh, us there. 
<laughs> go on if you're following us now unfollow us yeah. um now tiktok TikTok's sucks ass tiktok is for babies and it's just not a good platform for horror and you know edge edge lords so <laughs> like ourselves mature um established edge lords such as ourselves <laughs> that's right we're too old for it um yeah we're too real for it is what we are <laughs> that's right um, <laughs> we grew up right. on real world season eight <laughs> yeah we're too real for tiktok excuse me tiktok i'm too real for you <laughs> real but like instagram real see <laughs> um anyway uh guys <laughs> what peers do we have it's sunday morning it's nine o'clock Whoa. i got a beer yeah, i don't give why a not? shit Nope. I don't give a shit. Like I said, too real for TikTok. Um, we're out here drinking beers. What, what, what are you in, Scott? Um, ben, I'll go tell first. Us, tell us what you got. I saw you sipping on some. I got, I try to find any breakfast themed drink in my beer fridge. So first mm-hmm. one I'm going to start with is French Toast Revolution from Grist House. Ooh, it's a that's breakfast a sour. It's got a lot of maple. It's got a mm-hmm. nice breadiness to it. I mean, it's, it's French toast with like a berry compote on top. Mm. That's what I get right now. And then my second one. Well, Steve will talk about my second one because I gave him my other can of this. Mm. So go ahead, Steve. Tell us what you're drinking. Yeah. So Ben was very kind. And as I gave him a microphone, he gave me a can of beer and it was uh, Abjuration's latest uh, collab with Black Forge Coffee. Mm. It's called the Weed Eater. And it is a sick art. Yeah. Yeah, It's really cool. Yeah, definitely sick art. Definitely will remind people of the uh, brutal beer fest. Mm. But uh, it is a espresso green mint white chocolate milkshake ale. You say mint? Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, hot shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah, Brett and I were talking about it before we started the episode. And it's like Abjuration does a uh, like a green mint uh, ice cream mm-hmm. beer. And it seems like they did that beer but then put a bunch of black forge coffee in this as well nice and it's you would be uh from the things we've discussed about beers you want to make brian mm-hmm. this is yeah. green as slime yeah hell yeah. you would love it i forgot the color <laughs> i'm glad yeah. you reminded me hell yeah i love that and also i mean my mind immediately because i i thought it sounds like a shamrock shaky type situation yep. right but this one with coffee mm-hmm. is uh and i was trying to fish it out from the deep dark recesses of my mind but uh what was you know how grimace had the irish cousin that yeah. was in the shamrock uh, grimacey like, or something yeah, shamrock, yeah. yeah it was something like really pretty offensive <laughs> yeah yeah back in the 70s uh uh grimace who some believe to be a chicken nugget he's not a nugget guys <laughs> come on he's not nugget. a nugget don't be an asshole don't come to me talking like a fucking asshole on a sunday morning he is not a mcnugget in any case grimace uh has a leprechaun-ish cartoon-like Irish cousin called, I believe you're right, Steve, I think it's Shamrock O'Grimacy. <laughs> no, you know what? It's it's Uncle O'Grimacy. Uncle O'Grimacy. I was okay. getting, I, I added the Shamrock because Shamrock Shake, but also because if you go back and remember our punishment episode, mm-hmm. there was uh, there was that uh, uh, actor from <laughs> Goodbye whose name was Shamrock McShane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we were making up a lot of offensive Irish names that he could have been. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It is Uncle Grimacy. So it is his uncle. So you're yeah. you're meant to believe that Grimace, the giant anthropomorphic purple turd, 
um, has Irish heritage. Has, has <laughs> an <laughs> Irish uncle. <laughs> the genealogy of Grimace. Who knew? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This is going into, this is all going to be like, um, like the intro and special features on my DVD of the Grimace sex tape <laughs> called Purple Stains <laughs> that I've been working on for a while. So I just, I, this beer is also unlocking kind of like a core memory of when I was a terrible, terrible binge drinker. <laughs> um, St. Patrick's Day, I used to go to McDonald's and get a large shamrock shake, mm-hmm. a medium coffee, mm-hmm. mix the two together, and then just fill the rest of like find like a 22 ounce bottle or some shit and mm-hmm. then fill the rest of the way up with Jameson's. Oh my God. And just have fucking like green mint go juice. <laughs> No. full of coffee no, no. <laughs> we are starting to just uh, like I, I appreciate and i don't know if this is a, a symptom of meg not being on the last couple episodes but we're really starting to uncover steve's degen past <laughs> in a very real way and i yeah, appreciate yeah. every moment of it uh-huh. yeah hell yeah love this uh, little story time we get <laughs> Just, Look, it's a good, it's a good drinking recipe. Sitting in the drive-through already <laughs> with the cap off the Jameson, like that's mm-hmm. what I'm imagining. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it was I, it, uh, you know, to get super local, it, I was living in Castle Shannon, mm. and it was just like right along the strip. If people know where the Castle Shannon strip is, where Brews Brothers uh, is at yeah. McDonald's, I'd sit in that parking lot, mix my drink, then yeah. I'd take the tea downtown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a uh, day. And, and you know what if 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 uncle O'Grimacy has a name for his abode that he lives in it's probably castle shannon <laughs> maybe right, castle yeah. o'shannon but yeah <laughs> um oh that's fantastic that's fantastic mm-hmm. um i am going with big boy beer not you guys and your little saucy gloop glops Mm. I'm going. Uh, I was actually fortunate enough to to go down um, or over. I went down um, to uh, beautiful Dewey Beach, Delaware this week, and did a collaboration brew with uh, with some friends uh, at Dewey Beer Company, um, oh. and they hooked me up with a whole fuckload of beer. Uh, one of which I love this art on here. Um, I don't know if you'll be able to see it, but the beer is called Fantasy Park After Dark. Oh, nice. Um, and it's got this like abandoned amusement park kind of <laughs> label on dead it. dead clown. <laughs> yeah. And it is a motherfucking 10% Doppelbach. Jesus. Um, which is what I'm getting down with as I give thanks to the Lorb on this Sunday morning. <laughs> I'm ripping through a 10% Doppelbach. I'm probably How many gonna, times was it decocted? Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is, se- I mean, several. Actually, I don't know if they did, which brew house they did this in because if it was at the smaller one, it was probably zero times. But um, I think maybe they have the capabilities to that their bigger brew house. I don't know. I'm not sure. But we're, we're, brewing, a, we're brewing some fun stuff there. We're going to brew a Hellas. We're going to brew a a fest beer we're kind of doing a couple little takes on a cult, uh, kind of collab project that we're jokingly referring to as hellas fest which is like the equivalent of you know happy honda days or like uh, toyota thon <laughs> but we're nice. calling it hellas fest and the joke is we just want to brew like a fest beer Mm-hmm. um in the summer and then we have to come up with a fake commercial holiday to get people to buy it that's that's nice. kind of the joke so we're like <laughs> it's like a used car dealership kind of come on down to hellas fest you know no no credit bad credit no problem come on down <laughs> that's kind of the theme that, that's the vibe of the beer so um let us anyway. put you in one today <laughs> <laughs> no money down zero at signing 
Um, all right. Yeah, we were just getting real drunk and throwing out a lot of like car dealership catchphrases. That's funny. Uh, I actually bought a car this week, too. So it's like really fresh in my mind. I'm oh, just wow. Living that, that car life. Yeah, I'm living that that car. Mm-hmm. I bought a used car this very week. Um, all right. Anyway, uh Here's what we're about to get into today on this here showdown episode. I'll remind y'all the topic. It is in the title of the thing you clicked on. So, you know, fuck you, I guess. But it is uh, before they were stars. We are going to talk about three movies that showcase, you know, big time celebrity talent on-screen talent you know maybe they're not a-list celebrities we're not all brad pitts and george clooney's and meryl streep's over here but um or these justin are very long's we, yeah, we're not all justin <laughs> long's over here <laughs> Can't um but uh, so some of them actually weirdly enough justin long we actually are kind of a-list uh except for maybe justin long yeah he's close he's close he's a big time guy he's a big star he's a big star i love me some justin long have you seen tusk i mean who else could do tusk Uh, yeah i I have seen tusk i've also seen all the elven and the chipmunk movies um all right we're gonna talk about uh before they were stars guys um and the movies that that were selected this requires a little bit of explanation here so first of all steve picked uh, a little flicky from the year 2008 called midnight meat train starring one bradley cooper uh who's obviously a Big boy, big time star, just Huge. just a damn hunk, just a fucking hunk uh, out there in Hollywood right now. I picked Halloween, uh, the sixth installment of the Halloween franchise, Halloween colon the curse of Michael Myers from 1995, which prominently features um, uh, Ant-Man himself. Um, what the fuck is his name right now? It's escaping me. I want to say Adam <laughs> Scott. I always want to say Adam Scott. It's too, all right. Um, and then Ben. Now, here's how this went down. Meg decided to pick the movie. I believe we did give Ben the option to 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 veto and mm-hmm. do his own thing. He but did. he said, he you know what? No, we're gonna he he's gonna he's gonna play the hand that was dealt to him, which I respect. Um but maybe a difficult proposition. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, 2001's <laughs> Jeepers Creepers, uh, starring one Mr. Justin Long. So yeah. we have we have three dang old hunks, three big old Hollywood hunks before they were big time Hollywood hunks, uh, and we're gonna be talking about movies that feature them today. So that's 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 the score here. Now, Steve, uh, as the defending champ. You goddamn uh, right. As the current holder of that motherfucking shoulder candy, he gets to choose the order in which we discuss these movies. Have you given it some thought, Steve? Yeah. So <laughs> it, I, I'm not so mean as a champ. Yeah. To force you know Ben to jump right into the fire and go first. Thank okay. you. Oh. <laughs> so he'll go second. Okay. okay good. Uh, Brian, you'll go first, okay. and, and, and I'll close it out. Okay, all right, we can do that. I can, I can, uh, I can get on board with that. Um, so, to remind everyone how this is going to work is, uh, we'll each talk about the movies. We'll, you know, we'll we'll throw some barbs. Uh, we'll we'll jab at each other a little bit. We'll discuss the movies, and then ultimately, um, at the end, we will vote 
Usually we all vote for our, our own movies. Sometimes, not every single time, but usually we all vote for our, our own movies. And then basically your second place vote is what really counts. And that's what ultimately results in uh, determining who uh, is going to take home that some bitch and strap. So, um, yeah, without further ado, let's jump into 1995's Halloween, The Curse let's of Michael it. Myers. So uh, I will preface this by saying, uh, and I think I even mentioned in the last episode, this is one of those movies that was uh, that was really as pretty much every movie within the Halloween franchise. For those of you who are avid listeners to the show, you know your boy's a big Halloween fan. Um, they all get shit on initially. Then people start to like them. Then they fall into obscurity for a while. <laughs> and then eventually people get a huge boner for them again. I mean, the most common version you know the most uh, i guess prominent one in the franchise that has experienced this uh the ebbs and flows of this cycle is of course halloween three um you know that was the one that like when it came out no Mike, you know no michael in it complete it was you know the first movie that was kind of a uh, john carpenter doing what he originally said the franchise was going to be or if he wanted to be a franchise it was going to be like an anthology series that were very loosely tied together but all around the holiday of halloween that's what the first one was. Then it was such an enormous success that they got he and Deborah Hill got talked into doing the second movie, Halloween two, and then um, season of the witch number three was okay. We have definitively killed off Michael. That is what he thought at the time. He thought we are going to literally leave him sitting there, watch his body burn for the while, basically the credits roll. And there's no way anybody can undo that, right? Wrong, <laughs> wrong, Mr. Carpenter. We are now on freaking 78 movies deep uh, into this fucking franchise and he keeps coming back or we just retcon it. So this was the third movie in what the fans uh, sometimes affectionately refer to as the Thorn Trilogy. So if you're not familiar with part four, really the end of part four, part five um, so the return, the revenge and the curse is part six. That is when you really start to get into um, uh, an entirely separate timeline, even a separate genealogy in a lot of ways. And it ends up being its own kind of standalone um, timeline within the already very jumbled, very um, confusing uh, series of timelines that are in the Halloween franchise. Um, suffice to say, we'll get into it a little bit more, but suffice to say, it's all about explaining Michael's origin story, which some people think is lame. Some people think is OK. Um, or like me, you just kind of. Eh, all right, fine. <laughs> but the whole idea <laughs> is, you know, uh, in the first movie and even the second movie. Well, really, in the first movie, Michael's just an unpredictable killing machine. You know, there's no rhyme or reason to what he does. He's he's bad. He's bad to the bone, guys. He's evil. He's Michael Myers. Then they introduce the whole genealogy thing in number two. And then once we get into four, they deepen the whole gene genealogy thing and slowly start to introduce over the course of three movies. And it fully comes to fruition. The idea that there is some sort of ancient Celtic uh, uh, curse slash ritual um, that ultimately results in Michael needing to kill people to, um, I don't know, save more people from dying. I don't know. Um, based on some like ancient Druid tradition. So 
this is the culmination of that that three movie you know chunk of the franchise. So I will uh, I'll, I'll read the IMDb synopsis here because it's pretty pretty brief. Six years after Michael Myers last terrorized Haddonfield, he returns there in pursuit of his niece, Jamie Lloyd, who has escaped with her newborn child, for which Michael and a mysterious cult have sinister plans. Guys, that's the first 10 minutes. Yep. <laughs> that's all that explains, pretty much. <laughs> I'm, su- um, <laughs> I'm surprised the IMDb synopsis for this isn't... Uh, this movie's a messy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the this is the messiest, sassiest bitch of the franchise. I love that about it. Um, I really tr- so this movie. I had like I, I had no fucking idea what was going on in the beginning of this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As and 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 that's okay. That is that is to be expected if you have not seen the end of four and five. This really stands alone. And this is okay, the good. blind spot. Like this is the blind yeah. spot for people who are even just casual fans of the franchise, because these are the movies that a lot of people like probably the Akkads and other people, you know, associated with the franchise or just diehard fans of the franchise for a period of time, just like to pretend it didn't happen. Um, but now <laughs> curse of Michael Myers, and I don't know how much it has to do, uh, with, with our, with our hunk friend, Paul Rudd, but it's experiencing quite a resurgence in popularity and probably nostalgia as well, where like now all of a sudden you're seeing like two and $300, you know, specialty releases of action figures and, and <laughs> merch and stuff specifically around Halloween six, the curse of Michael Myers. And, and this movie is like all of a sudden I have heard people in recent years, because like I said, we've talked a lot about this franchise with the, with the, the, uh, Joseph, uh, not Joseph Gordon green. Yeah. Joseph Gordon. Yeah, green. Yeah, that's it. Um, Joseph <laughs> Gordon. I always want to say Joseph, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Uh, and then when I say Joseph, I sounds like I'm doing something wrong. Um, Joseph Gordon Green um, trilogy. We have talked about this franchise a ton over the last couple of years, and uh, it is. Um, this is kind of what I think his franchise is going to ultimately see later. People were pissed off about kills. A lot of people hated ends. But now all of a sudden. Even a year later, less than a year later, people are starting to go like, no, Halloween ends is pretty good. (laughs) So like people change their minds about this franchise like crazy. H2O is the same way. Also, it's it's David Gordon Green. (laughs) Yeah, David Gordon Green. I was going to say, when I say Joseph Gordon Green, I'm Joseph Gordon-Levitt. David Gordon Green. Yeah. Um, The Halloween trilogy, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's uh, just just a little background on this movie. So, well, I so I wanted to kind of explain like why I like it and then mm. also just touch on something I was reading about that made me like it. Well, not made not made me like it less, but made me not understand why people like that. <laughs> so I, I like I like this cult of thorn idea. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not it's not executed great, but no. I like I like the idea of it because yeah. it it almost feels like it's calling back to that uh, carpenter idea of being an anthology. Mm -hmm. And like, if I had a time machine and you know, and you could go back in time and like make this a proper HCU Mm -hmm. Halloween cinematic universe. I got it. I got it. Thank you. Yeah. I I just wanted to spell it out for you, but (laughs) appreciate you. (laughs) Yeah. Like, uh, you you know, Connell Cochran (laughs) from Halloween three would be in the same, like Sam Hain cult. Yeah. As as the cult you see in this, 
The biggest think, miss was not having him pull one of the fucking robes off. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. And so, like, it, it would make a lot of sense if they were all part of, like, this weird Sam Hain cult. And I like to think that Michael Myers isn't actually, like, I hate the origin story part of it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I like to imagine it's more that it's a cult that worships him. But he like they shouldn't be worshiping him. He's just a false god. Like he he is just an evil, crazy person. But like, right. Not on a mystical level. They're just dumb white people worshiping something they shouldn't. You know, right. Sure. <laughs> I, sure. That's, that's the way I like to think of it. But yeah. then I read <laughs> and this is what got like seems more. Typical. Yeah. Yeah. This is what got more attention is that there's apparently another cut of this film. Mm-hmm. Much longer. Yeah, that's much longer and has an even crazier ending. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that would be terrible. No wonder, like, you know, this movie ends the way it ends. But, like, no wonder, like, everybody hated that because that is just straight up magic bullshit. (laughs) Bonkers. Bonkers. Yes. And this movie was, like Steve said, this is a messy bitch. It was it's it it was rewritten it was there was a lot of reshoots um Mm -hmm. there was it was um you know the the first movie made a freaking bajillion dollars right um the second movie made a lot of money the third movie drop off right then they waited a while they resurrected the fourth movie i believe made a ton of money again and then the fifth big drop off so that was really a stretch for them to to make the sixth and then the sixth I think did okay. Like it didn't lose money or anything, but like they are seeing a lot of diminishing returns on the franchise mm-hmm. around this time. So they were very conscious of, we don't want another Halloween three on our hands, you know, this, right. that type of thing. So I think they did some early screenings with, you know, focus groups or whatever. And, uh, and it really didn't go well. Um, so they ended up tweaking a lot of shit, which we'll talk a little bit about here, but yeah, it, this is a fucking messy production. Um, I did look up just now, you know, with our, 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 um, you know, Seamus O'Connor O'Grimacy, you know, stories and Steve <laughs> Chug and Jameson with, uh, with Shamrock Shakes. I was, was looking up, uh, the guy who played, uh, Colonel Cochran in, uh, in Halloween three. And I was like, how could they not bring him back for this? Um, and, uh, you know, maybe he had died at that point, but no, he, he didn't, didn't pass away till 2005. Yeah. Um, he was born in 1919, though. Holy shit, that guy was old. Uh, Dan O'Harely. O'Harely. Okay. Um, man, he just would have fit right into the whole mix there. He should Instead he of the pretend doctor. I wonder if that was something that they were trying to get, because it felt like it was written for that to be the case, and then it never well, no, came that, to fruition. Uh, so you're talking about Dr. Wynn in this. Yeah. The original actor they tried to cast for that as mm-hmm. the evil, he's essentially an evil Loomis. The yeah. original actor they tried to get for that was Christopher Lee. Mm-hmm. And that and that was supposed to be like a mirror of, because Christopher Lee was also originally supposed to play Loomis. Yes, way, way back in the in the day. And they yeah. couldn't, I think he, he declined it. And then that's when Donald Pleasance took it or something right. like that. I think Christopher yeah. Lee was the first choice in night for, for 78 Loomis. And then um, because, yeah. because you already mentioned it, like because they were stretching budget on this, mm-hmm. like they couldn't pay Christopher Lee what he wanted. So he, he bowed out, even though mm-hmm. he says later that he regretted it. And then the other, other obvious thing, which leads to why Ben was confused in the beginning was, Jamie Lloyd 
was recast as well and yeah. they didn't so they confused. didn't bring back yeah they didn't bring back daniel harris mm-hmm. who was who was like of a proper age at that time to play the character that they're looking for yeah but yeah they just they wouldn't pay her either yeah this franchise has really done daniel harris dirty um mm-hmm. many times over um although she did come back rob zombie brought her back but right. um but, you know, otherwise the franchise has has definitely done her dirty um, because her performance in four, although for me, difficult to watch because she's so good. And you're like, uh, like, I just I can't. That's my one like kind of uh, um, thing that I struggle with in in horror movies, like the, you know, violence and gore and all this stuff. But, but like real genuine fear of children is like a very <laughs> obvious, you know, as a dad or whatever, I don't know, but I'm just like, it becomes hard, hard to take. And she plays it so well in four and she's constantly screaming and crying. And it's just, it becomes, it's, it's a fantastic performance that becomes burdensome on my psyche. I would say <laughs> throughout the course of four and even five. And then also, five is when loomis is at his most insane yeah. like loomis in five is unfucking hinged and he's Absolutely. constantly just screaming in jamie's face and shaking her and it's just it becomes difficult to watch that's also um, that's is that the same one where he's drinking in the truck with the guy is that the I same believe, i believe that's five yeah 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 he's yeah, yeah he's full-on bonkers he is unfucking hinged uh in this one whereas on in this one he is he's kind of a he, he's very much aged in this one both on screen and and in real life and actually donald pleasant's uh this was his last role he passed away right uh not not long after um filming wrapped but i believe before the reshoots mm-hmm. um so before it was released but um any case let's let's jump into this story a little bit um there's a lot to discuss i'll try to go through it relatively quick but there's a lot of to unpack Mm. here you you start out in the movie by um just you know a lot of screaming and pushing of a hospital gurney just screaming (laughs) just shrieking chaos happening uh and you just get kind of slam dunked right into this fucking cult of thorn shit right off the bat um, so you get this nice dose of, of exposition, courtesy of uh, of our man of the hour, one Mr. Paul Rudd, Ant-Man himself. Um, and he explains that it's been six years since Halloween, you know, the events of Halloween five. Um, you know, the man in black had abducted uh, Michael and Jamie. Jamie has a baby within the, the cult's kind of grips. Uh, and then this, like, I guess... Um, uh, what do they call them? Like the nurse that helps with delivery, uh, like a midwife yeah, kind of thing. She helps them escape by uh, which, you know, right after that, um, uh, Michael dispatches her pretty quickly. And this whole scene in the kind of cult cult HQ, if you will, um, where they're doing all these things, um, Michael is just kind of lumbering around like he's like the monster in the pit that's just hanging out in the headquarters that they occasionally just shove somebody in the pit and they get killed kind of thing. But it's yeah. just Michael walking around with that same that same damn uh, mechanics outfit on that he stole right. from that one guy. You know, it's just like it's it's such a strange, strange to see him in that environment. Um, but uh, even after this many times to see in this movie, like it's like he's a caged animal, but he's still wearing the mask and he's still wearing the outfit. 
you know, <laughs> at this likes point, you would think David had done some sort. Like, if this was some sort of ancient ritual that goes back thousands and thousands of years, and and it's you know they they don't worship him, but but his process that he has to undergo, which we'll talk about here in a second, to like kill like this bloodline and all this stuff, you would think that they would hold that in some sort of like high esteem where mm-hmm. maybe they would have him in some sort of like ritualistic gown or something like they wear, you know, some sort of druid cult uh, antiquities or something. But no, he's still just wearing that that fucking mask from the from the store. And yeah, it's yeah. so weird. Which is, I mean, I'm I'm doing a big jump ahead with this. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, you you would think they would change him out of that because what you learn later is that they're breeding Michael like yeah. an animal mm-hmm. so like you would think they would strip him down in some way but no what they're essentially saying is they're out there milking him in his <laughs> jumper suit <laughs> yeah and then they, yeah like they milk him and then they put his jumper suit back on for him <laughs> they're like michael we washed your suit it's over yeah. there. go put it back on when you're done jacking <laughs> off into this turkey baster or whatever you're doing yeah. Or maybe you're bo- maybe he's boning. I don't know. I just don't see Michael Myers boning. You no, know? I that's yeah. I don't see him boning either. I see yeah. him more as like they had him strapped to a table yeah. and like hooked him One up. One of those tables with the hole in it, you know, kind right, of like yeah. a massage table with the hole in it, like you see in you know porn movies or something. And yeah, exactly, kinda, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's like, like weird fetish. Yeah, it's weird <laughs> fetish stuff. But like they had him hooked up to machinery. Yeah, and just you know. <laughs> Like they they sucked him off with a machine and then impregnated Jamie Lloyd and other yeah. women to yeah. get the get the weird little evil babies out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm expecting. That's what I'd like. That in my in my brain, that's what I would like to be the reality. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, you know, pretty quick early on, you get um, uh, I mean, within I don't know, forty five seconds to 90 seconds of the movie michael twists the guy's head around so Mm -hmm. like needless to say this motherfucker hits the ground running um i do like that they're running through a batman set in this (laughs) yeah it's wet it's all it's it's wet it there's steam coming out of random pipes Mm -hmm. it's dark Mm -hmm. (laughs) humidity is high yeah Yeah. you're expecting the penguin to pop out and be like you know behind the rock it's industrial as shit yeah um but uh, you know, so so you're kind of beeping and bopping back and forth between this scene and, and Jamie and the baby escape. You know, she runs out into the into the rain. There's some guy just just pissing and having a drink in the rain. She gets into his truck and he's like, what the hell are you doing in my truck? And then she and then they just twist his head around. Um, so Jamie escapes with this in this guy's truck. And then that's where that Browse you know, Dower's truck. Who is it? It just looks like Zap Rousdower. Anybody who's a mystery science theater fan, they got that. And they oh, had a yeah. they had a pleasant chuckle. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, "Hey, what are you doing in my truck?" And she's like, doing? "He's right there." Um. So uh uh. So then you know you you bounce back over and and you're getting introduced to just an assortment of Strodes. Um. So as well as, like I said, our, our, our man of the hour, Mr. Uh, Mr. Paul Rudd, he plays a grown up Tommy Doyle. So he is the first person 
to play grown-up Tommy Doyle, one of, what, four or five people to ultimately right. play <laughs> the character of Tommy Doyle, which is just a child who is being babysat by Jamie Lee Curtis, by Laurie Strode in the first movie, okay. and has become a... Yeah, like five people have now played him or something like that. It's wild. But he was the first person to play grown-up Tommy Doyle. Um, so in, in the original movie... Um, uh, Tommy and Lindsay are like the kids that are being babysat by Lori or one of them is uh, by Lori's friend and whatever. And then she ends up pawning him off on her. Anyway, that's who Tommy Doyle is. And he's, you know, he's all grown up um, and he is, uh, you know, never really recovered from the events of that night. You might say he's calling into local radio stations, arguing with shock jocks, you know, so it's, it's part of it is like, um, it almost is like at first you think it's going to be like a, a coast to coast AM type situation where they're talking about conspiracy theories and shit. But then he's more of like a shock jock type of character. Mm -hmm. So he I'm was like, disgusting. I hated yeah, that guy. He's a real. He's <laughs> got some real dingers <laughs> of lines. We'll talk <laughs> about later. But Tommy Doyle, this just why would Tommy Doyle listen to this guy? That's the thing I'm questioning. But he, I'm he was the he's local station. Yeah, yeah, it's a small town. He's talking about Michael Myers. It's Halloween. He can't help himself. That's kind of how I took it. But yeah, so so um, you know, you get you get introduced, you know, reintroduced to Donald Pleasance as as Dr. Sam Loomis. Um, you know, and you could tell he just loves this role, even at this point. Like he's like I said, much older. He he's a, a much more kind of sedentary character at this point. He's not just bonkers Loomis that you get in in you know, two, three, four, and five. Um, and like I said, you know, this was, I think his last, his last movie. Um, cause like I said, I think he passed away like between when principal shooting wrapped up and before the reshoots. Mm -hmm. Um, and he had had some, he had had some work done too, right? Didn't he have some plastic surgery? Yeah, a little, a little work done. A little <laughs> something looks, done. Looks great. Well, <laughs> so what happened is uh, he got blowed up in two. I mean, full <laughs> right. on blowed up. Um, and then he's gotten injured and killed and blowed up in nine or ten different ways between, you know, two, two, four uh, and five. And now, you know, he I think he actually comes back in um, four. He's got a, a big scar on the side of his yeah, face. Right. And then that's that. part of, that's part of the character, because, of course, in two, again, he did get. Um, he blowed himself up <laughs> and Michael, uh, but they brought him back. Don't worry. Um, so Jamie shows up at, at Haddonfield General Hospital with her baby, um, George Wilbur. This is, I believe, the only is this the only movie where he plays the shape, I believe. Uh, um, does he play him in no, five, he played, two? He played it in four. Oh, but then, not five. And then he plays him a little bit in this one but also i think he got fired at some point because there i read there was like two shapes in this one yes there was and i can't remember if he played if this not was the five. only one or if he played he might have played in four as well yeah um, four but not five and then a little bit in this one that's right that's right um he is the one that i like to refer to as dad bod michael he's <laughs> just a he's just a barrel chested old yeah. guy yeah yeah which which I can appreciate. Um, and uh, I, I like his physicality, although the mask, you know, in this one is not by far not the worst mask in the franchise, no. um, but far from the best. Uh, they they well. at least got back to the part where you don't see his eyes <laughs> and his <laughs> big googly eyes. But then they yeah. go back to that in H2O where you see his big his big uh, eyes. I know. as well. Yeah, um, it's but yeah. they do. They do the. um 
uh, you know, he's he's definitely got a, a bit of a creep factor to him, but he's he's just like more short and stout where Nick Castle was long and lanky. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and this guy's a little bit more stout. Um, and he also um, it's it's not as bad as five where you like you just like tuck in the mask, you know, where it's like flared <laughs> out at the bottom real bad. But it's not great. It's not great. No, like I like a lot of the close up hand shots they do too mm-hmm. because he has kind of those big meaty you know just thick sausage fingers that like you yeah. believe would choke somebody you know yeah. to death nick castle is like a nick castle which i love i mean he's the, he's the iconic shape in my mind but nick castle is just kind of like a he was closer to shaggy from scooby-doo <laughs> than you know yeah. jason Voorhees. right um but this guy yeah he's a little bit like i said he's a little bit more like stout he's not a giant by any means but he is thick and and muscly and he got them dang old sausage fingers yeah but Um, you can you can tell like they changed him out like at towards the end of the movie because again the ending was probably the most reshot part i think (laughs) and then you can tell like oh he's not filling out his like did he lose a bunch of weight did he get real sick like he's (laughs) not filling out his jumpsuit (laughs) his chest is sunken (laughs) yeah um yeah he doesn't look the same at all um but uh, yeah, like I said, so so Jamie goes to, to Haddonfield General Hospital. Of course, she has her baby, which she had just uh, given, you know, given birth to, presumably. Um, Michael shows up at the hospital um, and, and Jamie kind of does the old switcheroo on him, bails in the truck again um, and then crashes the truck uh, into a uh, just into a dang old pumpkin farm, which is just mm-hmm. spooky ooky as hell. And I appreciate it. Um, the one thing I'll mention here and you get it a few times We'll talk about all the various uh, 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 Stroud clan here. But, you know, th- this movie, maybe more than any other one in the franchise, has the best like Halloween spooky season vibes to it. In my mind, it is such a great uh, I mean, the first movie you know, people really associate with it. But, you know, once you, you know, it's a low budget independent movie. And when you start looking, you know, all of a sudden Haddonfield, Illinois starts to look like Pasadena real quick, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, there's not a lot of leaves. It's not an exactly an autumnal vibe. Um, this very much is. Yeah. Um, which I, which I absolutely adore about this movie. Um, but uh, yeah, like I said, they crash in the old pumpkin farm. The woman who plays, Jamie. So now at this point, Jamie would have been this is six years later. Jamie was like, what, nine years old or eight years old last month. So she's like a teenager, um, 15, 16 years old, which apparently you'll come to realize has been impregnated by Michael, I think. Oh. But I, I don't know that that's I don't know. I don't buy that 100 percent. I think there's actually I, I think there's there's some it's a little convoluted, um, which we'll talk about. But um, that, that's what a lot of people assume, but then also it's part of, it's still part of his bloodline. The baby is still part of his bloodline without it being his baby. So anyway, right. we'll get, we'll get yeah. into it. Ugh. Um, but anyway, but I see a lot of people online talking about that and I'm like, I think maybe you might be, I don't remember Maybe it was in the longer version, and I have seen like the the long like director. Maybe not the director's cut. I think they call it the producer's cut. Yeah, I think yeah, it's movie. called the producer's cut. Yeah, um, and and I can't remember if there's more evidence in there that that's the case, but I I kind of don't think it is um, because they do a lot of juggling around of the Strode family tree to make it make sense that Jamie is already a blood relative of Michael. 
right? So anyway, um, so the but the woman who plays because they didn't bring back um, Danielle Harris, the woman who plays um, Jamie looks like Finn whatever his name is from Finn Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah, she looks so much like him. It's weird. Um, Michael kills Jamie in what is one of the more brutal kills in the entire franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't expect it at all. You really think that, you know, this is a new actress. Maybe she's a little less known. You don't know. Walking into this, I could see people thinking, yeah, Jamie's been essentially the star of four and five. Um, but no, she gets dispatched hard in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Uh, Michael shoves her onto, I think it's some sort of threshing machine. And Either then, a thresher or a baler. Yeah, yeah. it's some yeah. sort of farm equipment. And then she's like reaching out to Michael and then he just shoves her further onto it and <laughs> then turns it on. Like <laughs> this is just Michael being super brutal. Now, you, like I said, you start to learn a little bit more about, you know, the, the extended Strode clan after this. Um, you also come to realize, I think soon after this, um, but I'll, I'll say it now so I don't forget. Jamie had stashed her baby in a locker in the at the hospital. Um, no. And then she, and then she bailed. in a bus station. Oh, it was the bus station. That's right. It was the bus station down the bathroom or the or the. Yeah, whatever the bus station. But anyway, so she she had left him and then basically lured Michael away to save the baby and then goes, you know, ends up crashing at the farm and then getting thrashed and all that. Um, So here's the confusing part. Initially, I remember the first time I was watching this, I was like, who are these people? Because the guy who plays John, John Strode, the guy who is the big old meathead dad who is like, yeah, damn kids, you're pranking me again with the Michael Myers mask on my lawn. He's out there, you know, smashing shit with an axe in his bathrobe. I thought that that was Lori's dad because Lori's dad, if you remember in the first movie, is a real estate agent. He owns Strode mm-hmm. Realty. And that would make um, sense. Yeah, and he is selling the Myers house. And the whole thing about the first movie that's so scary is Michael had escaped, went back to his house, saw Lori through the window when she was dropping the key under the mat because he was going to be showing the house. Michael caught, you know, caught a look at her, associated her with his sister in some capacity. Mm -hmm. And then that's what, you know, started the whole pursuit um, of 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 of. Lori, um, of course, that had been you know changed a million times over. But I thought this this was Lori's dad. No, this is Lori's uncle. This is Lori's dad's brother. Is John Strode? Oh. Um, and he had they had apparently worked together at Strode Realities. The the uh, um, Jamie Jamie's dad Jamie's parents died in a car accident a lot of people get died in car accidents off screen in this (laughs) franchise um we we have already so he's running strode realities you're introduced to kara uh, and danny already um kara is john's daughter so um danny is john's uh uh uh, grandson uh, grandson um and then you get the rest of them you got deborah the 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 wife and and the the wife slash aunt and then you get tim which is tim is kara's uh brother um as well tim is kind of the guy who you you just are rooting to die 
like pretty often. You're like, just somebody killed him. Um, I wanted John but, to die. John is who I wanted to die the well, most. Well, yes, of course. John's he set was up to the die. Worst. Yeah, you know John's going to die. Ugh. John's John's days are numbered. They are setting him up for something bad to happen to him. And prick. maybe the most insane kill in the entire franchise happens to John, which I'm very excited to talk about. Um, but Tim is the guy who is the like sny nineties uh, 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 snapping little quippy jokes kind of mm-hmm. guy that you're like mm-hmm. just kill this motherfucker, but you're not sure if he's gonna get it. Um, ben, like you said, John, not cool, <laughs> not a cool dude. <laughs> not at all. Um, he calls Danny a bastard at breakfast, like just literally, <laughs> yeah. just over toast uh-huh. and coffee, <laughs> a casual Sm- breakfast, smacks Kara across the face. <laughs> Then Danny tries to stab him, like, or holds a knife to him. It's like, it's Which a Which was also real totally st- fine. No one even yeah. blinked an eye at that. Yeah. No, they cool. were like, well, let's go get in the car. <laughs> Time to go. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing is just a real classic Strode breakfast oh, here. Man. Which, this is the stuff that makes the, 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 um, uh, uh, the Rob Zombie Strodes not seem that crazy. No. They're not that far off. Yeah. If anybody, uh, if anybody's been following the Steven Crowder, uh, you know, news. John is pretty much Steven Crowder in the way that he's just abusive to his family for like yeah. no reason. No, just <laughs> just a real ch- big fucking prick. Yeah, just a real piece of shit for like <laughs> just cause he could be. Yeah, yeah. and also he might be a drunk. <laughs> yeah, you get that feeling as well because he's just just slugging booze uh, at his office. Um, but um. You could do an entire series of episodes on like the convoluted timelines and 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 converging family trees of uh of, of the Strodes, specifically in four, five, and six. Um, so like I won't spend a ton of time on it, but it does get pretty convoluted. But just remember that at this this point, because the 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 David Gordon Green franchise, you know, kind of retconned it back to where Laurie is not Michael's sister anymore, mm-hmm. which started in two. So it picked up after one. This is still operating under that um, Laurie is Michael's sister timeline. And then Laurie is adopted by the Strodes. So Jamie is actually Laurie's daughter. Um, and now the only remaining member of the bloodline is Jamie's baby who's little baby steve (laughs) um so that's kind of the thing where i'm like why are people saying and did i if i missed this or i've ignored it or whatever because i've probably seen this movie probably less than a lot of the ones in the franchise i would say i've probably seen it five or six times um at one at what point do they say that michael the baby is michael's baby do they call that out at some point? Because I know I hear a lot of people talking about it. And I'm like, I've never really delved into that. Like, and I've sat laid there stoned in bed thinking about the Strode <laughs> family tree, um, right. probably more than, you know, somebody should. But Michael is, yeah, if Lori's Michael's sister, Lori was adopted by the Strodes. Jamie was Lori's daughter. Like, they were adopted by the Strodes after michael kills his sister so when michael kills uh uh uh, judith in the first movie that's the Mm -hmm. that's the that's the sister he kills in the opening pov scene right Right. judith 
Jamie was a baby or perhaps not even born when that happened. I forget. But Jamie is Michael and Judith's Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm saying Jamie. I mean, Laurie. I'm sorry. Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie from the movie. Sorry. Laurie is uh, is Michael and Judith's younger sister that was yes. adopted by the Strodes. Right. Er, no, no. So I, I have a family tree up right now. There's many family trees. Be warned. Yeah, I, I, I know. I've, I've okay. got one that looks pretty decent, though. Okay. So uh, Judith is the oldest. Yes. And she died in 1963. Right. Michael would have been older than Lori because he was old enough to kill. Exactly. And Lori was a baby. Okay. I didn't, I couldn't remember if Lori was a baby or wasn't born yet when that happened. But yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Was a baby. Yeah. Lori was a baby. And then Jamie was born in 1980. Right. According to this. So, yes. So, yeah. So, so suffice to say, Michael kills. Uh, Judith. Michael goes off to the sanitarium. The Strodes adopt Lori. Then Lori, later in life, and I guess however old she was, I don't know, late teen, early 20s, gives birth to Jamie. Now, Jamie has a a child uh, at whatever, 15 or 16 years old. That is the bloodline of Michael. Right. Yeah. It's still she's. Stephen is still technically a Myers. Right. Although, you know, if you go all the way back. So he's still technically a Myers. So I don't know. But on the family tree I'm looking at, it does point out that it's Michael and Jamie's baby. Yeah. But I don't understand when and where that happens. I think it it happens in the time, you know, that they're both taken by the cult. Yeah. And Michael is milked. But I don't think... But first of all, why does that happen? And when why is do it they milk explained? Him? Yeah. They milk them because they're trying to make, I think the point of the cult is to make a new perfect killer because, and it's something that's lost by, it's something that's lost by it not being part of the producer's cut. Because mm-hmm. the whole thing of the producer's cut is like the mark of the thorn gets passed on. And right. then there's also a keeper of the thorn. Mm-hmm. And so like the, the evil Loomis has apparently been in the shadows watching over Michael Myers and he's his like keeper. Yeah. And that movie was supposed to end with Loomis becoming the new keeper or whatever. Some <laughs> fucking dumb shit, <laughs> dumb magic shit. That's the thing that it, it's imperfect because they, they cut it all to hell. But I think the idea is that they're trying to breed new Michael Myerses. Yeah. And they have this idea that like, you can create evil that way, but then also but does they have, have this inbred. Like <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know because they also have this whole storyline of Danny, who's yeah. not related at all. It's no. just because he lives in that house. Yeah, they have the, it's a nature it's like, versus nurture type situation a little bit. Yeah, because I think they also make mention that there's there was a killer who uh, bore the mark of the thorn, who lived in the Myers house before the Myerses. Yeah, mm. and that's because old Mrs. Blankenship or whatever the fuck her name is kind of explains that and said like that there was a boy here. And now I think she might have been talking about Michael, uh, but she, she was talking about Michael. Yeah, But she also 
does say that like Danny has the same like here's the voices or whatever the fuck she right. says. So yeah. yeah, it's 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 quite convoluted and it's very it, it, convoluted. Yes, it's very <laughs> it's, it's, it's extremely can, convoluted. Can we the one thing I've 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 understood so far and I want to ask mm-hmm. about is um mm-hmm. did you say milk Michael like as yes. In- <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I, was, think, I think I think you're I think you're I think you were having computer troubles at the time, but we talked about this a little bit already mm-hmm. in that uh so the cult has kept Michael in this hospital's basement and they've right. been milking him to create all these little baby Michaels. Well, and, what we were saying is that James, we don't see Michael fucking. Like right. we don't think that Michael's okay. going to make yes, we, we don't right. probably not going to fuck. No. So I yeah. Does he get so, a boner? For sure, well, he has to. That's, that's I mean, just sure. you know, that's the way it goes. That's a physiological. Sometimes she goes. Yeah. Sometimes she don't go. But that is the way she goes. Yeah. Um, they, they. Um, uh, I think what we were, what we were, um, and this was our speculation is that Michael ain't gonna fuck. Michael's gonna try to kill somebody instead of fucking. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So they strap him down to a table. You know, the old massage table with the hole in it sticks his dick through, and they just yeah. you know they're they're I've basically seen some videos just like this. Before. <laughs> That's what we we're saying. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. If you've been on the internet, you've you okay. maybe right. seen this. Yes, I totally that, this. This is our speculation of what is actually it, happening here. Basically, right. basically, I think they treat him like a zoo animal because mm-hmm. he has like he has his activity space and he has like his <laughs> enrichment things that he can do, like but, a big plastic ball that the bears have. Right? And like, yeah. yeah. Like they yeah, give he him has, a tire. Hey, Michael, yeah. go play with this tire. <laughs> he has all his enrichment activities, but then like that's why there's so much sedative in that basement is because mm-hmm. they usually oh. they use it in a more you know regular way of putting him to sleep then strapping him to the table then when he wakes up they milk him and then you know they yeah. take him they take what they need to go yeah. impregnate women like mm-hmm. they, because it's a hospital it's probably one of those creepy things where like they're replacing the semen they're supposed to be using for in vitro mm-hmm. with michael semen Ooh. so do you it's think Michael Michael Seaman is like like if you look at it through a microscope, it's little it's little little jack-o'-lanterns. Um anyway. Um, they bump into each other and kill each other. <laughs> yeah, they're just stabbing each other. Um yeah, so so again, this was what I was trying to avoid because it does get very convoluted, and I am hundred percent admitting this. I'm not trying to <laughs> Brushing under the rug. It's just it could be its own series of episodes. Yeah, um, this movie is a messy bitch. <laughs> it is a sassy, messy bitch. Um, so, uh, you know, to- Tommy finds Jamie's baby um, that that she stashed, um, and then um, Loomis uh, does a B and E at the Strode's house. <laughs> no um, big deal. Totally fine. Yeah, just old crazy scarred yep. up guy pops in there and explains to, to old Debbie Strode, um, you know, what had happened and what happened in this house. And apparently, sh- which this is absolutely, I guess the idea is that they are the type of Midwestern family that just pretends things aren't happening. Whereas John knows the history of the Myers house, apparently couldn't sell the house because of the history. And of course, if he can't sell the house because of the history and there are literally kids putting shit on his lawn, how does the rest of the family, especially adult kids, (laughs) you know, late teens, have not heard about the history of the house that they live in? Yeah. 
But I I took it as maybe Debbie, old Debbie's being just an old Debbie, if you know what I mean. (laughs) She's just being an old Midwestern Debbie Mm -hmm. where she like kind of knows what's happening, uh, but she just has just tucked it away in her brain Buried to it just deep old deep, debbie deep, denial deep, deep, deep old deb. debbie de- 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 denial is not just a river in africa and the letter in your first name debbie um, but, uh, so the man in black calls debbie demands the child as he does <laughs> Michael gets her, uh, you know, kind of, you know, they do the whole throwback. There's a lot of um, this movie. I forgot. I probably haven't watched this movie in a few years. I forgot how much fan service is in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it feels very reminiscent of the David Gordon Green trilogy. And some of the things that people were like, oh, it's just a big it's just a you know, I've, I've heard some people say it's just a, a Marvel fucking version of michael where it's just you it's all fan service and it's all nods to the old media and all this stuff and i'm like well this does that too maybe in a more slightly more subtle way but it definitely d- does that so i mean this has been happening for dang near 20 years but you know you get that you know he's chasing her through the sheets which is of mm-hmm. course a throwback to the iconic scene in the first movie like i said it's maybe a little bit more subtle but kara comes home and uh and and just finds danny chilling with uh with tommy doyle which is pretty creepy but <laughs> real creepy care care but like she quickly gets over that nope. Kara, yeah. danny tommy and who i'm referring to as a little steven <laughs> who's the, <laughs> the baby because i'm imagining little steven from the east street man um he grows up to be <laughs> in my world um goes to tommy's place uh and he's just caring for the baby for 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 uh um uh, for Jamie's baby, for for little Steven. Um, but uh, you do get a great out-the-window shot of Michael, and this is where you get, you know, uh, barrel-chested, fat-fingered Michael out. But it's a good scene. <laughs> it's a really good It's a really good shot of him out the window. And it is a throwback to the first movie. That's mm-hmm. who sees Michael for the first time hanging outside across the street, is Tommy, um, when, he's, oh. when he's a kid. Um, but in this case, it's Danny that sees him. So Danny's the new Tommy, essentially, in this in this scene. Um, but uh, yeah, so Tommy explains the whole cult of Thorn thing is this like, again, in a nutshell, it's based in this old like Celtic tribal rituals where a child in every tribe is cursed and then another is sacrificed to appease the curse. So that's, right. I guess, in a nutshell, what it is. Um, the symbol is like a constellation, hence my very funny constellation joke at the top of the show. <laughs> but also tied into stars. That's the stars, you know, before there were stars. Anyway. Um, that was a great it. response, Ben. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. That's the best best case scenario. Um, uh-huh. so the symbol is this constellation, and you and it's on a computer, which so you know it's true. In 1995, <laughs> anything yep. on a computer in 95, you could pretty much assume was true. Yeah. Um, and, and I love how, like, when you're really researching something on a computer in 1995, you get a 3D view of it and you can spin mm-hmm. it around. You can look at it top, bottom, side to side. And that's how you know it's real legit research. That's how you um, know it wasn't a lie because it took so much to put that information on the computer. Yeah. <laughs> that like nobody would waste their time right. doing that unless it wasn't, you know, unless it was true. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's going to go to the, the 40 plus hours it took to create that animation in some probably um, like 
Busted uh, Encyclopedia kid. Britannica <laughs> app. You know, he probably had an Encyclopedia Britannica CD-ROM that he oh, fired yeah. up to get that on there. Um, C through D, Celtic. Yeah. C through D. Um, this, this, yeah, like I said, the symbol is this constellation, and Tommy's decided um, he's going to be the one to kill Michael. He, he, you know, he's really injecting himself into the story of Michael, um, which ultimately, I guess, comes true. But um, Tommy's landlady knows that Michael heard a voice, you know, uh, like when he was so she kind of, um, she she kind of knew what was happening and you get this creepy shot of her explaining that and then you get a lightning strike and you get michael behind her in the window yeah um, i think i think that is my favorite shot of michael in this mm-hmm. movie yeah. is him behind her in the window and then like yeah. the other one is also the lightning strike at the beginning of the film mm-hmm. in the barn with jamie oh yeah because it's just real quick and it's like mm-hmm. almost like he's not there but yeah, I, just, I, I like his background. He's, well, he, it's a throwback he films, to the original movie. Like those exactly. are the coolest scenes in the first movie too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. He He's back to feeling like more omnipresent, mm-hmm. you know, the way he feels in the first one. That's why like this movie, honestly, is the one that gives me the most Halloween. One. The jumping back and forth between the houses in the neighborhood. Like this that. movie gives me more vibes of the first movie than any other movie up to this point in the franchise, mm-hmm. um, which I think is part of why people like it a little bit. Also, I think there's part of it that like anything that happened like 10 to 19 years ago is cringy. But if it's 20 plus years ago, it's nostalgic. <laughs> like that's just how the nostalgia wave happens. Uh, so maybe it's 30. I don't know. Whatever. But I don't know. I the the editing is pretty cringy in this. <laughs> yeah, but most <laughs> uh, ca- casual viewers are not going to The no. editing is not great. Like I said, this movie's all chopped up. Yeah. Um it, it's it's mainly the the quick flash scream sting like light like light flood <laughs> wait a second mr 1990s you're the fucking guy who always loves all these 90s movies that have the same type of editing it's too much in this one especially at the <laughs> uh, end when he when paul rudd tries to kill him that was bad yes it's the so, end, it's the so ending overused. of this movie is a disaster i would argue that the ending of uh Two of our movies are disasters, and then one ending is good, but then the rest of the movie is disaster. So you know what? Let's pick our battles here. Um, anyway, um, John comes home just in time to get stabbed, then electrocuted until his head explodes, which is low-key the craziest fucking kill in the entire franchise. No one talks about this. This is more crazy than maybe not as creative, but is definitely more crazy than Jason smashing the guy against the tree in the sleeping bag. Like this, he, he literally, okay. So take the scene for those of you who haven't seen this, imagine the scene, which is one of my favorite scenes in movie history from, uh, home alone Two, mm-hmm. uh, lost in New York mm-hmm. where, um, where Marv is in the basement and gets an, uh, and electrocutes himself. Yes. Uh, it's that, but his head explodes. It's that head plus scanners. <sighs> yeah. I don't know it's what wild. happened. I don't know if I, I stepped away, but I literally, I have it in my notes. I don't, I don't, I never saw John die. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. stepped away then because I, yeah. it's, it's an extended <laughs> his, sequence. It's an extended sequence and his head 
full on scanner style oh, explodes. I'll have to go and watch it again. It is a giant flappy practical effect. Oh. Yeah. yeah. It, it's also, again, probably the most, most cathartic because uh. John is such a piece of yeah, shit. Yeah. I was so yeah. sad that he, I never got to see him die, but now yeah. at oh, least yeah. I know he's dead. That's good. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, for and, sure. And, <laughs> it, it even does that thing. Like, if you're familiar with scanners, when the head, the famous, maybe the most famous head explosion in, in cinema history in, in scanners, and you get that slow motion explosion where after the like initial recoil of the <laughs> the head exploding there's like a big flappy chunk that flips down and then snaps back <laughs> like yeah. it actually does that too <laughs> it reminds me so much of scanners it's fucking fantastic and nobody talks about it and this is an unsung kill um but in any case uh so so it's it's also like i said like steve said it's cathartic too which makes it even better um so then you get this you know um, i'm kind of you know uh, uh, i'll uh um accelerate here uh because because yeah there's still a lot to get through but um you get this weird like live remote radio broadcast with this the the guy ben you said is just an absolute piece of shit his mm, name's barry yeah. sims mm -hmm. he is the local shock jock and he has a couple of lines such as relax your crack sweetheart <laughs> it's a real good one um it's just dumb it's dumb just a, yeah. oh, it's it's a way to get everyone back to the Myers house. That's the only reason he's in it. That's the only reason this kind of like remote Halloween. It's supposed to be some sort of like community Halloween party. But for some reason, Tim is involved. And like, of course, Tim knows the connection to Michael. My like he lives in the house. But in yeah. any case, um, Tim and his girlfriend are basically explaining, um, you know, what happened here. And they are going to go back to the Michael's house or the Myers house and do a remote there, which I choose to believe is the inspiration for why Busta and Tyra Banks went to do um, wow. <laughs> it in, in uh -huh. uh, uh -huh. Not revelation, Jesus Christ. What is it? Resurrection. Uh, resurrection, I mean. Um, anyway, um, so, you know, all the, all the, like, I guess at this point, like, I'll accept all the, the cult of Thorn craziness. But like I said, this is the one thing that bothers me is there's no way Tim grows up and doesn't know he lives in the Myers house. Right. <laughs> like, just, that's, it, there's just no way. It doesn't make any sense at all. Even, even just in media, you would have yeah. seen like, pictures of it or read it in the newspaper um, apparently it gets talked about every halloween for his entire life yeah you could even before the internet you could go timmy can go get on the microfiche at the library <laughs> i'm sure he can note recognize his own address you know um how but. how is it on the first day of school that he gets picked up by the bus there Mm -hmm. That the other kids don't go, oh, Jesus, you live there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, good God. You live in the fucking haunted house? Even back in 78, kids were doing that. Yeah, like, you live it, in you the know. murder house? <laughs> yeah. And back then in 78, only one person got killed there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they were already calling it the boogeyman house. And, you know, a, it's a spook house. It's a haunted house. And now nine bajillion more people have died. Yeah, um, they killed the entire police force. Course in one <laughs> year like, yeah that's right <laughs> tim is just he's maybe not he's not that observant i don't know yeah. um he's Michael, the son of depp you know give him they, a, you know he just he, this is how he grew up that is should be the next halloween <laughs> son of it depp. should be halloween colon the son of depp um 
but Michael, uh, Michael does, uh, uh, oh yeah, so I mean they're co- they come back and and Tim and his girlfriend decide they're gonna bone at Kara's place. Kara, well Kara's room in the Myers house, um, and, but Kara is across the street. Remember with Tommy and 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 little Steven, um, and they are you know they can see that they're gonna bone across the street. But Michael came home. Um, he uh, luckily gives he does he is you know, gracious enough to give Tim a towel before slicing his jugular <laughs> and you he hands him the towel and you see the, 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 the thorn, you know, brand or whatever it is on uh-huh. birthmark. I don't know what it's supposed to be. It's a great scene. Um, but then you do see that, that cool scene of Kara watching Tim's girlfriend, which I didn't write down her name, get killed by Michael through the window across the street. And Kara actually does deliver a pretty good performance. I think for the most part, um, you know, her, her like, you know, or feeling of helplessness, I think, is very felt there. Um, Danny is missing at this point because Danny's just always wandering off. Um, and Kara heads uh, over and finds that, you know, Tim had already been killed, too. And you get the the basically the referential uh, funhouse sequence from the first movie where, um, you know, Lori had made her way upstairs, sees all her friends slaughtered, the Judith Myers, you know, uh, gravestone posed on the bed. And then all her friends are, you know, uh, are all, you know, fucked up around the house, stuffed in places and PJ souls with her eyes crossed and all those iconic things from the first movie. Um, but I think they're, they're pretty judicial in the way that they use the classic score and some of those memorable music strings right up until they start putting that sweet, sweet hard rock in there. <laughs> um, like, but up until then, I feel like they don't overuse it. And then no. the last sequence, they, they turn it into this, like I said, this more like guitar-y type of thing, which is like, mm-hmm. hey, you take it or leave it. It's more of the time. But um, yeah, I, I don't fully understand exactly what's going on with Danny. Like, is Danny having visions is he hearing voices i choose to believe that it's danny from the teenage mutant ninja, Tur- ninja turtles movie and it's shredder <laughs> but but i don't I, I don't fully get that i whatever it is and i don't know if that's the, again it's not well explained because mm-hmm. you have you have this voice character who is basically just like a 1930s noir character mm-hmm. who walks around in all black yeah <laughs> but well, and he was added in 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 um, by the Akkads. You know, they basically said they they had him added into the script just because they didn't know where the story was going to go yet. So right. if you put a mysterious person in black, you can take that in a lot of directions. Yeah. So like that's pretty much what happened. Yeah, but then it is. But yeah, it is revealed that this is the Doctor Wynn who's like yes, yeah, and he's like, oh, he's an evil Loomis. Mm-hmm. But are we to believe that he has like psychic powers? to beam oh. in the Danny's brain and be like, you're going to kill Danny. You're going to kill for me. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, is there like a ritual associated with it? Because they're strodes. So yeah. Kara is not unless Kara, because they never say who Danny's father is. No, they never say who Danny's father is, but I think it's not, it's not important who his father is. 
or it's extremely important. <laughs> or it's extremely important. <laughs> I don't know. But Are you yeah. saying that she, as a teenager, yes, went, I'm saying it, went and had in vitro fertilization rather than going to school, and they switched it out for Michael Zeman? <laughs> Okay. You see what my head's doing right now? <laughs> yep. All right. It's very much waving over now. No, I don't know. Who knows? I'm imagining knows? Michael dressed up in like a cool high schooler outfit, like <laughs> dressed up like Harley Kiner from like in Boy Meets World and went in there and took her to prom, but they they porked. She got pregnant. That's not what it went. He just went undercover. That's all. I just like um, the idea like of... I just, yeah. 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 I, I just like the idea of Michael, you know, with like a backwards hat hanging out at school prom <laughs> just skateboarding down the hallway like, yeah fuck detention just spray painting uh, fuck detention just, on the he's f- just flipping off like uh, teachers. double middle fingers the whole down the whole yeah. down the hallway to all the teachers he's um, so cool this suck his I, dick i'm looking up there at a picture i drew of michael myers on a skateboard oh, and, and i'm imagining it's that it's him just like he normally is just on a skateboard um <laughs> Anyway, just, so just his big fat adult meat fingers <laughs> right in the teacher's face. <laughs> just a fucking Johnson, just a fucking tray of Johnsonville brats for a hand. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Kara gives so Kara goes over to find Danny. She's got to go into the spook house. You know, this is a, this is actually really. I think well-written sequence where it's like, why would she go back over there? Oh, Danny, you know, they've established that Danny wanders away. He's a, mm-hmm. he's a little bit of a weirdo. He wandered away. He's com- There's a compulsion for him to go to the Myers house for some reason. So Kara has to go in and she's very scared to do so, but she does. And you get this great haunted house sequence. Um, Kara ultimately gives him a fucking whack with a, pyre, a fire poker and sends him down the stairs and they did uh, they did do a pretty good job of mimicking the like layout of the OG house really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but, you know, he ain't dead, as you might expect. Um, and they do a cool chase through the streets and it really you, you get the classic race to the front door, which is for me is maybe the two of the most iconic scenes in the first two movies is one Jamie running across the street. Um, and banging on the door and throwing the flower pot up to the window to wake the people up and then they shut the lights off on her. Like, mm-hmm. I remember as a kid that freaking me the fuck out, like maybe more than any other scene in the movie. And then, of course, you get the second one um, where she's injured and she's crawling, you know, in the hospital parking lot and Michael's after her. So mimics that, which I think was was subtle and really well done. Um, and then the man in black shows up again, like we said, it was Dr. Wynn, um, and you know, Tommy's landlady and everyone from the town is there. They're all caught, you know, the cult of Thorn has been hiding in plain sight, if you will. Mm. Um, so Kara launches herself out the window, Texas Chainsaw style. <laughs> um, Tommy and Loomis wake up and Kara isn't there. This is when shit could start to get real, real messy. Yeah. Um, because Loomis and Tommy were like, like they, so they go to Smith's Grove and she's not there anymore. And then is this when they're like, I feel like I've been drugged. Isn't that, I, doesn't that happen here? Yeah. Cause yeah. Well, they, yeah. Cause, it, cause the scene just ends abruptly and right. when, uh, uh, when, you know, they reveal herself. And then I think this is a great move where Kara's just like, oh, he's, she's trapped. She's fucked. What's she going to do? She does the 
fight and fight versus flight thing. You know, like I said, Texas Chainsaw Massacre style. She just fucking launches herself out the second floor yeah. window. It, fe- it feels weird, though, because she does just leave her son. Mm-hmm. Like she's like, uh, you're on your own. Bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bye. It's 28 <laughs> weeks later style. Yeah, she yeah. just goes pieces out. But I, 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 I like it. But then this is when it starts getting messy because then it's like Loomis and and Tommy outside, and they're like, it feels like we've been drugged. And Loomis is like, we have been drugged. And um, when once, oh, yeah. like, I guess Tommy or no, once once Loomis, Danny. Well, yes, he wants yeah. Danny, but Wynn also wants Loomis on board with the whole Cult of Thorn thing because he was the first one who recognized that Michael was cursed, I guess, question mark. Mm-hmm. But like he's like, you recognize the evil, you know, kind of thing. So Wynn could have easily just the Cult of Thorn could have easily just dispatched, just fucking murdered Loomis and Tommy Doyle. Right. But they don't they didn't for reasons so that's it's classic bond bad guy fucking like they have they have the only people that are trying to foil them Mm -hmm. in their grasps Mm -hmm. but no we'll just take the kid in the baby and leave these two people to possibly come foil us again (laughs) yeah yeah it is it is um there is a great scene here um maybe my favorite quote which is and it's just the whole um, it's the way it's delivered and it's you are a madman <laughs> <laughs> when he's talking I think it's Loomis talking to win yeah but you are a madman <laughs> yeah it's, uh not uh, uh it's like you pause are pause a madman <laughs> all in one all one syllable such a weird line delivery which I, that's the, my favorite thing about loomis is he from the first movie he's really making some weird decisions in his, in his fucking line delivery but that's what makes him so memorable i think mm-hmm. i wrote uh, a uh a favorite quote of mine i believe it must have been from the when they had sex in the mm-hmm. in the house Something about crotchless panties and barking like a dog. Oh, that is mm. actually something that the shock jock guy said. Oh. But then Tim jokingly repeats That's to his it. girlfriend later. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because he's like, you know, when he's 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 being really incredibly derogatory and horrible to Tim's girlfriend yeah during the interview but then he but he's also being like very dismissive at the same time so that's when he's like you know chill your crack sweetheart or whatever (laughs) and then later he's like it says something like tim is this girl's something she probably wears crotchless panties and barks like a dog or something Uh, like that and then she's like you fuckhead and tim's like "Eh." um and then (laughs) later yeah, and then Tim says that to her later, and she's like, "You're a ticket." Yeah. Uh, what you gonna right. do? I don't have good male role models in my life. <laughs> every exactly, every adult man in this movie is a piece of shit, <laughs> with zero exceptions. Maybe besides Loomis, but Loomis had just spent two movies screaming in a child's face. Right. So really, every adult man in the entire franchise is a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> Except for Sheriff Brackett, basically. Right. But then he turns into a piece of shit in the zombie movies. But And also anyway. he was a cop anyway, so that's... that's- also, <laughs> it's a one strike, but... Um, so Tommy tries to free um, uh, Kara, who's in like a cell at this point. She's been taken by the cult. Um, 
an old dad bod Michael shows up, uh, gets the best. Uh, this is when you get that sick electric guitar, Eddie Van Halen version of Michael's stocking song. Um, they hide, meaning uh, 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 Tommy and Kara hide from Michael. And as he's kind of stalking them through the, the halls of the hospital, they find where all the thorn doctors have little Steven and Danny and, and Michael is still after them during this time, but they don't know that the Michael's kind of, I guess, loose. I don't know, but Michael finds, um, classic medical machete and just goes bonkers <laughs> on the whole, like thorn medical staff yes. just fucks everybody up. Um, and then, uh, and they make a run for it. And Michael at this point is hustling, which is maybe the most you have ever seen Michael hustle at this yeah. point. Like he is running pretty much. Um, yeah. and they end up trying to hide in, um, the official cult of thorn fetus room. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then Tommy is maybe the only person ever call Michael Mike. Yeah. <laughs> which i love this is just there's so many persons they're very here. close at this time you know it's yeah the, yeah the he friends. calls him mike he's like oh mike, hey, um, mike. Uh, th this uh th this fetus room is fucking great because it is a sci-fi channel set for 100%, sure <laughs> yes like the way it's lit like the all the like kind of distressed metal like it just mm -hmm. feels like a sci-fi channel it's, set for sure and it, it, like it's probably like a warehouse mm -hmm. because it's so wide open but then they have just centered it, it they have the, all the fish tank babies mm -hmm. and you know they they have a whole bunch of, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense it, it would be things that should be built into the wall but they couldn't yeah. because they don't own that wall they have to and build it away from big the wall. wide open space <laughs> that they're trying to make look like a more um you know tight area yeah there's so many barrels of just mm -hmm. randoms of like who knows what's in those barrels but they're there yeah. <laughs> well syringes full of fucking radioactive green goo is what they're all yeah, full full of um, reagent but they make yeah. you sleep instead <laughs> yeah they're all full of they're all full of reagent um and uh uh he jams tommy jams a bunch of them the syringes you know of the of the of the green goo the secret of the use into uh mike big mike and then kara starts just wailing on him with a pipe um oh know, wait Danny, i didn't i didn't think about it. i just thought about it but do you think all those barrels were full of cum is that all michael <laughs> just, cum? just <laughs> michael milk yeah <laughs> It's like fight milk from uh, yeah. It's Always Sunny, but it's Mike Milk. Mike Milk. Um, Mike Milk. <laughs> five, four bodyguards, five bodyguards. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so Danny, you know, Michael gets the upper hand as he does, but then Danny like hollers at Michael, distracts him, um, you know, just long enough for Tommy to get the upper hand. And um, Luba shows up, um, you know, kind of just in time to, 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 whisk Kara and Danny away while Tommy just beats the shit out of Michael because he's yeah he's reagented him but now he's wailing on him and assumedly this is the stuff that the thorn cult of thorn uses to keep Michael at bay um so he has used it on him in some exceptional dose and is now just wailing on him um and then they're gonna leave but then Loomis stays behind for some quote unfinished business um what happens 
like yeah. it, it is ambiguous. Yeah. Um, and then you just see like in memory of Donald Pleasance because he died before the reshoots. Um, but like the producers cut. Def- okay, so the producer's cut is way more bonkers, but it makes more sense and and I think is a better ending. Like you do see Michael in his full garb standing like on an altar just beside Dr. Wynn and all that stuff, which is I, I, I just looks so bizarre to me. But people like it makes more sense. This just ends really abruptly. Right. And you and, and you're like, wait, did Michael kill Loomis? Did Loomis kill Michael? What what happened? We yeah, don't, we I don't think really know. I think you're to assume that Michael kills Loomis because you do you do hear Loomis scream and you yeah. get one final shot of Michael's mask being on the ground yeah. where Michael would have been. But then obviously Michael has gotten up and gotten away again. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. I think that's what you're meant to think, but it is very ambiguous and it's very abrupt and it's very sloppy. Yeah, it's it's so abrupt that you're just like, oh, and the the movie's over. Okay, bye. (laughs) Yeah, the the producer's cut ending, which I don't know if we should spoil. I don't know if we should get into what the producer's cut ending is because Eh, if you you haven't seen it, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. Go watch it or whatever. I I haven't watched it, but I read it and I was like, that sounds fucking stupid. I mean, like, is I, it is it i honestly like it better than what happens here let's let's hold this up because it's not part of the movie we're talking about here it's mm-hmm. not the one we watched and let's let's leave it up to people because right. i think a lot of people won't again not that this is exactly the creme de la creme of the franchise but if you're a fan of the franchise and you haven't seen the producer's cut um of this go watch it or at least go watch the ending because it's bonkers mm-hmm. um and and if i that. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. Well, is, anyway. again, again, just in for the audience's sake, you know, remember, mm. we're talking to big swings, Brian. And so, yeah. like, that's it's probably <laughs> one of the biggest swings they could have taken with. An I ending. love it. That's and, why I love yeah, it. And that's so. why I love Halloween ends. They just put out a new killer in there. And now he's the new killer. <laughs> like, I just like that this franchise does that. Like, I, I appreciate. I do appreciate a big swing, but I also appreciate a franchise that that does it despite having one of the more like psychotic militant frankly borderline toxic fan bases in horror <laughs> and i'm looking at an entire fucking wall of michael myers shit like i love the halloween franchise but the franchise like we are just we're gluttons for punishment is what yeah you know, fans of this franchise are. And I have been watching these movies for fucking 30 years. And I love to constantly, I can, I'm still surprised with the shit they're willing to do. Mm-hmm. And, the, and that's a hallmark of a great franchise. If I watch the fucking another, if they made another Friday the 13th movie, I would know exactly what was going to fucking happen. And you know really exactly what's going to happen in all of them except for six pretty much. After one, one's got the great twist, of course. There's ah, a couple. There's a couple. Okay, fine. Maybe ah, I can get it. There's a couple good ah, things in there. I think, I, think, I, think, I think you're miscategorizing. Bad a little bit <laughs> but there. anyway, you get what I'm saying. So you got maybe, five, maybe for, which is a completely different killer, which is also a yeah, pretty good murder mystery. Later, it's a worm. Have, okay, yeah, okay. Friday 13 is a bad example. Yeah. Friday 13 is a bad example, but there are a lot of franchises where they are going to be more precious right. with their characters, with their stories, with their timelines. Yeah. The Halloween franchise, because it's so such of an amalgamation of different masters, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you've got the Akkads for certain ones and you have don't have the Akkads for certain ones. You've got the early ones with John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. You got the later ones that they don't touch it at all. Yeah. Um, you've got. 
dimension multiple film directors put- <laughs> in this. Yeah, <laughs> you've got dimension films throwing shit wrenches into the fucking works. <laughs> um, you've got some films that have multiple directors. <laughs> like it's just, yeah. you know. So that's what I like about it. But I think overall people shit on the the Thorn trilogy. But I like that they try to link some sort of like. Usually I don't like when things are explained. Just let it be unexplained and let that be the scary part. Mm-hmm. But this to me is is a nod to John Carpenter's original vision for the Halloween, uh, you know, as an anthology where it's going to be things that are linked around the holiday. Right. And I love how I love part three. And this is a way of tying Michael to the kind of lore of part three and, and just historical pagan Sam main shit. You know, it's, it's, it's Samhain. It's, it's historical, you know, pagan harvest festival, fucking rituals and uh, all that sort of shit. So, uh, you know, the origins of Halloween, which you have to assume that's what, you know, that's obviously what season of the witch is very much about. Mm -hmm. And you would have expected if you would have went to a third, you know, movie in the Halloween, you know, hypothetical uh uh anthology that john carpenter originally planned um it would have been more of that right yeah you you would have gotten some other you know entity that you find in celtic you know uh, mythology well in haddonfield it would make more sense even in the, the 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 recent the david gordon green movies they try to talk about haddonfield as having this like all this generational trauma and all this stuff and it's like it's a little bit round peg square hole Mm -hmm. but if you just say haddonfield has some sort of fucking ancient curse now that makes a lot of sense to me you know (laughs) haddonfield had a real problem with the irish when it first started (laughs) just a real problem we were lousy with the irish back in the 1800s (laughs) one of those (laughs) irish problems if you know what i mean um, they were all but, kicked out of Chicago and had to move to the suburbs of Illinois and they yeah. started up this community and caused a whole big problem and cursed the land and there's a blight in the soil. That's why we Just can't grow really, shit here. The old Haddonfield potato famine. Um, but anyway, so that's it. I'll shut up about Halloween 6. Oh, it's thank fun. God. It, it's a fun, fun, messy bitch of a movie. Mm, yeah. Uh, and it's got a Paul Rudd in it. <laughs> and and Paul Rudd, we didn't talk about that much. I'm sure we'll get into it more. But Paul Rudd is not good a- acting his little balls off though he's, in this movie. No, he's mm, he's he, trying so hard. He, I would say, of the three movies we watch for the showdown, he does the worst job. Yeah, That's but it's right. such an interesting. It's such an interesting he, performance. It's an interesting performance, but like I don't know, it doesn't. I don't know. It just never if hits. If he would have played it, if he would have played it like a cool, uh, a cool sepia toned heartthrob like Bradley Cooper, yeah. w- would that have been interesting? No. No. And if, he, and if he played it like Ant Man, that also would have sucked. There's yeah. just something about the way he's trying. I just don't think he can do what he was trying to do. Like I know what he's Certainly trying to not do. Then. Uh, yeah, because I mean, it is. I think it is really his first film because it says it's introducing his first feature length. Yeah. I think it's his first feature length role. Yeah, um, he got thrown into. He had to play this like kind of like I think he was trying to play a a, a 
you know, uh, a law and order type of like disturbed mm-hmm. weirdo. Yeah. But also kind of a kind of a hunk. You know what I mean? Right. He was definitely doing those like this. He was giving you a little cold steel from time to time. I, too. I think I think that's <laughs> yeah. the other problem is because he's trying to play this like uh, disturbed, affected youth. Yeah. But like, I don't know. He's too boyishly good looking. Everybody's too handsome. Everybody <laughs> in the late, I would say mid 90s to that like 95 to 2005 everyone was trying to be so sexy yeah and it sucks jeepers creepers we'll talk about here in a second the sister she sexy. can't get out of her own fucking way because she's got to be so <laughs> she's got to act like she's in a fucking jeans ad every yeah. scene um so uh, yeah i'll give you that one, I'll give you that one. <laughs> yeah it's fine though so, yeah but i don't know I, you know i already kind of voiced a lot of my opinions on halloween six and i think just calling it a messy bitches you know where i'll stick but <laughs> oh, ben if God. you have any final thoughts on six no, my, my brain hurts that's all i just can't i am not i'm not qualified to talk about any kind of halloween movie with you guys so it's i am too, just ex- it's too convoluted so tangled it's like when somebody hands you the fucking it's 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 fucking griswold you know getting his christmas lights out and it's just a fucking all of knots <laughs> That's the me. Halloween franchise. <laughs> I just so want a, a big demon with wings that's here to fucking eat people. Okay, that's that's <laughs> but, why. But that's might my... also be an Aztec god, but also <laughs> might just like need an axe, but also also has the wherewithal to get a vanity plate. So shut the fuck up. But also loves, you know, hey, songs whoa. from the 20s, but also <laughs> what a vampire, but stupid. Uh. <laughs> a stupid or oh a white trash oh, vampire. Wow. Okay. Um, anyway, I, I can right. see I'm in for an uphill battle. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry to give up the ghost on that one, but yeah. <laughs> that's okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, we're jumping into uh, film number two here. We're jumping into beer number two. I think. Are you guys jumping into beer number two? I'm jumping into beer number two. Oh, you guys are on two. That's that's weird. I'm on three. <laughs> <laughs> I am going Kolsch though. The Doppelbach early in the morning, boy. That just threw me fairly loop so i uh i'm going kolsch i'm going uh another dewey beer uh dewey beer company beer i'm doing it's called grow theory it's their uh their kolsch oh my god look at the freaking color on that it's gorgeous who made that beer abjuration i what do they use in that beer to give it that color i need to have a conversation i don't know if dave would tell you i'm not sure (laughs) that is just intense. I I'll love ask. It. Yeah, but if you were to milk, if you were to milk the monster in my movie, this is <laughs> that is what it would look like. Definitely, yeah. it would be green slime. Mm. All right. So, if you've been listening to this podcast and your brain hurts and you're tired of looking up genealogy trees, <laughs> I've got the movie for you. <laughs> Have I got a movie for you? Jeepers Creepers. Um, mm. I one of the reasons I really wanted to do this one and didn't need to uh, didn't need to change was because I kind of even before I was really into horror stuff, this was a movie you could watch on your cable growing up. Like I, I've seen this movie a lot and it was even before the times of Tubi. I mean, you could you could find this on USA and in the before times. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the time before. Mm-hmm. So it, it's something I was already familiar with. And um, yeah, I definitely I mean, I watched it again. I watched it for this. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. So 2001 BT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> before to be. Uh-huh. 
I also um, didn't get, and I'm sure you'll, you guys will tell me, but I didn't get the incest vibes that you mentioned before. Oh no, no, it's uh, not. No, oh, it's not incest it's real vibes. Life. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's okay. the unfortunate part. Victor well, Salva, um, who is the director uh, of this year movie, and is he the writer too? He's the director. Yeah, I know that. Also the writer. He went to jail um, for uh, uh, sexual misconduct with a twelve-year-old boy, I believe. <laughs> Yeah, so that's Jesus. what we were really talking about. Ooh. Meg really, yeah, she just really set you up there. Um, she really, she has this intuitive way of she stumbling into these things. It's a sixth or even a seventh sense <laughs> she, that she has. She's so for, she's so lucky. She yeah. has sight. She has hearing. She has smell. <laughs> she has problematic radar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but she's attracted to the problem. It's not a problematic radar where she gets it and she's like, oh, no, stay away. She her problematic radar picks up on it. And then she's like a moth to the flame. Problem magnetic. <laughs> Problem magnetic. That's what she is. <laughs> that's her X Men power. She's problematic. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. Of all the so, stuff. Yeah. Okay, so this movie opens up nicely enough. These there's a brother and a sister, Derry and I forget the the girl's name, but they're Trisha. They're com- Trisha. They're coming home Trish. from spring break and uh, driving a nice classic car and. Um, I forget how the original the 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 villain in this movie. Do they originally just tailgate him in the beginning? No. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. No. He, no, he, he tailgates them. The, okay. Yeah. He, oh, he tailgates them. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Other way around. Yes. He tailgates them. That's how yeah. they are introduced to the 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 vehicle before the villain. Okay. That's why I couldn't will, remember yeah. if if they they initiated this contact or or he did. So they get tailgated by this very large, very intimidating, classic old truck. Pushes them off the road for well, it just just comes up real close. Get eventually gets in front of him, keeps going, and uh, it's got that vanity plate that you guys mentioned earlier, beating you or be eating you or however you want to <laughs> be eating you. I think is the main it's made for, which is yeah. very funny as we'll get into. I'd, I'd like to revisit that yes. later and because the character <laughs> having this character having a. Play because anyway, there's there's a lot of lore around the creeper mm-hmm. that sure. doesn't necessarily come out in this movie, but does come out later, oh. which makes all of it even funnier in my uh. mind. But but not you know not in a it, it's it yeah anyway I'll wait for that, but it's fun. Yeah, so yeah. that happens. Um, they they recover from that. They take a little pee break, which I looked up. You know that's real pee in that scene. Hmm. He, he was really peeing. He's really that's real urine there. That's not something yeah. you would get in Halloween or uh, or no, Midnight Paul, Me Train guys. Paul, Ru- Paul Rudd would have would de- well in Midnight Me Train it would be CGI urine, but in in uh, <laughs> fuck you. In, uh, but uh, Paul Rudd, you got to pay him a lot extra money to see his yeah, urine. That's true. Yeah, I've yeah. heard that. Uh huh. <laughs> so and then they they had this original meet up, and then the meat. Mm-hmm. The the truck comes back right and mm. runs them off the road. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this yep. is this is after they've well, seen they the pipe. see him. Yeah. So that's that's like this move. Uh, this intro is, in my opinion, is the strongest part of the movie, and it's mm-hmm. really yeah. great. It's really effective yeah. because it is based on. Uh, yeah. It's a real it's life thing, in, right? 
Well, yeah, like it's a true two story, th- kind of. It's two things. It's based on a, a story of um, uh, some guy from Michigan who killed his wife. Yeah, right? um, Dennis Depew. Depew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, killed his Depew. wife and then and then dumped her behind a school, and then there the, there were witnesses that saw him dump that body, and then he did indeed tailgate them kind mm. of like in this in this movie yeah oh, okay yeah and then and then it's also heavily influenced by which i think the director writer had had said as well which coincidentally i just read the story for the first time um a, a story by a short story by richard matheson who's a very famous um horror weird fiction um speculative fiction even um author uh who ha- has a short story called the duel which I just read for the first time. Just coincidentally, I bought a, 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 a book of short stories by Richard Matheson, and this just happened to be one of them. And I was like, oh, this is where the the movie The Duel comes from mm. and all of the references to the, the idea of like basically a psycho trucker tailgating you mm-hmm. um, and running you off the road and, and playing this cat and mouse type of thing. This is something that's become, kind of, you know, a, a, a medium sized trope in horror. And uh, it all, um, you know, stems back to that Richard Matheson yeah. kind of short story. That, okay. that sounds really cool, like a cool story, but it'd be even cooler mm-hmm. if it was like a, a green uh, demon, you know? Yeah, with, no, with it's not. Face. Well, well in your defense, well, I won't spoil the story. Read the story, but it is not. No, it is not a green demon. As far as we know, it could be. Could you be. lost me. <laughs> not interested. <laughs> it's what he wants. I, I, but yeah, I agree, though. Like, so... I already mentioned I've never seen this film before. Mm. Um, and this first 15, 20 minutes felt like an urban legend. Yeah. 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 It's so shot like, similarly too. Yeah. yeah. So like, so I, I appreciate now that it's like actually based off like a couple, you know, uh, real life mm-hmm. uh, things of, you know, a, a real event and then uh, a written story. But yeah, mm-hmm. it feels yeah. like a real urban legend. And, you know, that's before everything goes to doo doo. <laughs> yeah. Well, the best scene in the movie, in my mind, is the one Ben you were just talking about, which is after they're getting tailgated by this guy and, you know, they're not really taking it tremendously seriously. No. I mean, they are, but they they're just like seatbelts uh, on, for God's sake. No. And, the, and even once they are, they don't put them on. <laughs> um, but they're doing this whole like. Oh, this guy's just a psycho kind of thing, which is which is the tone is borrowed. The scenario may be borrowed from the real life, you know, kind of true crime element, yeah. but the tone is very much um, the duel, which is mm. at first it's fuck this guy. He's going to be a dick. Then we're going to be a dick. Um, and then ultimately it spirals into oh, this shit. guy's crazy. We <laughs> should be scared of him. And then into, oh my God, I'm going to die because of this guy. Um, and the the inciting really incident into when things go really bonkers is when they you know stop to to take a piss or whatever and then they drive by this abandoned church and you see this you know coat hat cloaked kind of figure throwing a big old bloody uh big old wrapped bloody up rag something or other yep. down a pipe body shaped lump yeah down that pipe yeah. Yeah. But I love that they can see him and they see that he sees them. Mm-hmm. That's the creepiest mm-hmm. part. And, mm-hmm. and they do that like panning uh-huh. shot of them driving down the road. And you can like you see him, then you lose sight of him. And then you see him, you lose sight of him like through the, it's through really the, cool. the, yeah. the, 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 the trees. 
and he clearly doesn't even care. I mean, he he acknowledges them and really doesn't. He just looks at them, throws the body in, and goes back in his truck and and mm-hmm. I think he drives off. I'm not sure if. Well, he jumps after them. He immediately goes after oh, them. Okay, then that's when this. Yeah, because then they're like, whoa, what he did he see us? Did he see us? And then yes. you see him pulling out. <laughs> and they're like, oh shit, here he comes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when the second big chase happens, and that's when they crash into the cornfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they get the car out of the cornfield. And I guess then they they make their way back to the cause Derry, he's mm-hmm. a I mean, he is a hero here. He he mm-hmm. decides he wants to further pursue this and see exactly what was dumped into that tube. Correct. Mm-hmm. And I love how I love how easily explained away cell phones were in 95. <laughs> it's just like it's in my gym bag in the back. Get it out. It's dead. Well, where's the power cord? I don't know. We have a power cord. Well, my cigarette lighter doesn't work. Like, oh, uh, it's just like these are all felt very plausible. Whereas like now to explain away cell phones, a lot of things have to happen. Back then, it's just like, no, my yeah. car's a piece of shit and I'm stupid. Like then you're like, well, yeah, I mean, we're all uh, I mean, a piece I'm of shit cars facts. and we're stupid. Yeah, (laughs) there was uh, but one place to charge it, and it was in a cigarette lighter that may or may not exist or work. (laughs) (laughs) So they 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 see the house again. They realize what had happened there, and he really wants to go back and check that out. So indeed, they do. They get back to the the old. I think it's an old church, right? I think that's the building. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the sister she she lowers Derry back down into that tube via his feet. And mm. you could he hears a mumble and then he gets excited, goes down a little bit further. Some rats come. He kicks his legs really violently like he's <laughs> like he's going to flutter kick across the pool. And <laughs> she panics. He panics. He drops her or she drops him all the way down that tube. And that's when he gets to discover like what's really going on down there. And it's it pretty much it, it's a the the first guy that he that he finds has been he's wrapped up in this thing he's kind of still alive at this point but he has these very obvious handmade sutures going down the middle of his chest mm-hmm. which i guess we're, we're later led to believe that he is he he eats organs and and certain parts of of humans that uh that are valuable to him and then other parts really aren't he's not eating people entirely he's eating select few like the, the really nice little juicy bits He's only and eating the parts he needs to that's... heal the things because we made a lore about a vampire, but stupid. <laughs> or creative, Steve. Maybe they just made it a little more fun. Well, nope. interesting. I don't know how much you guys have read um, into the origins of the Creeper. I, nope. I have seen the other movies. I have also have not seen the Reborn, the one they just did like in the last couple of years yeah, or whatever. Either. But I actually, out of, out of curiosity, went down the rabbit hole because apparently there is a, a comic book series that Ooh. explains the origins of, of the Creeper in a lot of ways. Um, and it's, you know, it is a little bit vague, but long story short, uh, the Creeper is some sort of like, you know, ancient demon that may or may not. They, they never, they're like, let's go back to its origins, but then they go back to when it already existed, which the earliest time it existed from what, like, I guess the, the kind of canon indicates is that it was, uh, you know, worshipped as a lizard god by the Aztecs. So okay. it goes way back. Um, so, yeah, it's not just like a, a, a vampire that came about in the Victorian times. Like the it used to, like, get people fed to it as a god by the Aztecs. Okay. So it has been around for a second. Um 
So I so now I immediately start thinking about it as Nick Cage from Renfield. Like, <laughs> like it's it's kind of down on its luck. Once upon a time, it was a god worshipped by the Aztecs yeah. and, and people wanted to be sacrificed to it because it was such an honor. Now, now look at him. Ugh. Now he's just wearing a dirty coat and a dang old <laughs> red sweater driving a truck with a with a with a freaking uh, uh, novelty license plate in Florida. But he um, seems so, kind of OK with it. Like, he does seem to be down to yeah and he's been you guys talk about the vanity play he's been doing this he what what's the does the lore talk about the i don't even know where i got this i don't think it's from the movie but mm-hmm. he feasts for 23 days every 23 years yeah, yeah. That, that yeah the the psychic brings that up towards That's the end right. of the film yeah so he's been and doing it's like, this for a long time he's had plenty of time to secure a nice truck he could have put mm-hmm. some time aside to make a nice vanity plate for himself <laughs> it's, it's like a little vacation home for him so when he gets up every 23 years does he renew the registration on that truck <laughs> mm, i don't think get, so is he, or has he got a guy who's just gonna put the sticker on it for he's him? got a guy he's got a guy yeah his, his first seven days must be like a lot of chores so much mail to open. Yeah. He's got so many things to catch up on. There's, yeah, there's he's one. like, who's president now? What's going on? <laughs> who's president? Where? What's going on with my pipe? Have they fucked with my pipe? Yeah. You know, where's my axe? <laughs> Where, wait, where's my giant? First of all, the axe, which you haven't got at this point yet. But I imagine that axe, you know, when you get like uh action figures you know mm-hmm. and they have they have uh 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 the weapons are all connected in that one piece of plastic they're all connected mm-hmm. together and you got to twist them off yeah that axe just looked like it belonged on a set <laughs> like oh, hold on hold on it came with a machete as, and a as samurai a, as, sword yeah, yeah it was a real teenage mutant ninja turtles fucking accessory is what he yes. has <laughs> yeah which is what i was gonna grab back here but they don't have any of the old thing. but yeah they all used to be like on the same like little printed yeah, yeah, yeah. out board or molded mm-hmm. board yeah 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 so where's uh, my axe did somebody put my axe <laughs> who's been touching my stuff <laughs> he uh the dairy's down the tube now and he finally gets to investigate this he finds the first body i think he continues and then which is something i never saw from the uh the cable version or i don't know the versions of this movie i've seen before they must have edited out the big it kind of opens up and you can see that the whole of this catacomb the walls the ceilings are all made of Mm -hmm. these really super realistic corpses (laughs) it's like it's a quilt of corpses if you will (laughs) And they're kind of oozy. They're kind of drippy. And uh, so you think the church ladies helped him make that quilt? (laughs) (laughs) Well, there might be some up there. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Did he did he mimic that design element by, you know, something he found in that church? Yeah. Yeah. At what point? At what point does he get, you know, the the sense of artistry that he wants to do? Because for for like there's there's a real shotgun approach to like let's throw a whole bunch of lore on the wall and see what Mm. sticks between this and the sequel and that is literally what i put i said this is a real throw everything gets the wall and see what sticks yeah situation everybody (laughs) said oh that's kind of like a vampire but no wait he does stitching and he has (laughs) really well an axe and he has a cool truck that has like yeah. a supercharger yeah. in it uh, <laughs> dracula doesn't have a supercharger <laughs> it's so well which dracula oh, that's right, talking he about. does say that i can't yeah. beat him it's soup he's done something to this truck <laughs> it's souped up it's, it's got so nos. 
real fast this and the furious. This is 2001. Uh-huh. It does have NOS. Um, but yeah, this is yeah, this is kind of an amalgamation of a lot of ideas and i love most of it wi- most of which are stolen and then thrown against the wall and see what sticks you guys just think about this stuff too much you know you just gotta kind of look and watch whole... a movie and be like Durr. and it's just i'm fine this is fun this is you are you are of such a perfect standard for meg because that's generally what how she feels too it's like you guys stop thinking about it so much don't use your brains about this well actually (laughs) much like the creeper's walls his backstory is also stitched together (laughs) (laughs) works for me me. (laughs) (laughs) all right so they they're they're in the this is clearly his home base he's been doing this for a long time uh 23 days every 23 years he gets to do this they get back out they got to find help right so they get Mm -hmm. to the um now we go to the diner Mm-hmm. And they come in. It's like this typical, typical how you would imagine um, out of towners walking into a into a little little podunk diner. Everyone turns, everyone looks. No one really wants to help them, but eventually they do. The cops come. Um, they're pretty useless. But yeah, this it, is a scene from the duel too. Like this, I mean, this okay. whole scenario plays out in the short story. Yeah, you go, you yeah. go to the diner. The cops come. You can't trust anybody. They're out of towners. Like, yeah, yeah. And uh, and somewhere within, yeah. And now, now the time where this this what do we refer to this guy as? The creeper? Is yeah. the creeper? The creeper? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The creeper? Someone in the midst of their police interview, someone mentions that there was some guy out there at their car sniffing their stuff, and, uh, and indeed it <laughs> he was is a real creeper, yeah. yeah, in that way too. Uh, it's like it's the same way that like your, your your dog sniffs you after you've been playing with another dog for a while, like not happy about it, taking big deep huffs. I imagine I imagine Victor DeSalva probably did a bit of sniffing in his day. You mm-hmm. know. He's yeah. seems like that kind of fucking guy there was definitely oh. you know the illusions of that he's been sniffing Derry's underwear yes and that's yeah. that's a real like i don't again i haven't seen the other movies either so i don't know if that's a victor salva hallmark of sniffing mm. underwear it's of, like a it's like a quentin tarantino foot situation right it's, that's it's, what i'm yeah, getting at yeah it's know. a hallmark yeah also i guess we'd have to go back and watch powder i don't know how much uh, underwear sniffings in that movie either, but you know. I think minimal, but I can't be sure certain. Yeah, can't, I, my memory isn't good enough. <laughs> and this is uh, uh, so yeah. when we're at the diner, the this is also when the psychic comes in, right? Or the I don't know if she's no, a the psychic. psychic. The psychic shows up at the police station. Oh, okay. Police. She station. calls them. Calls while them at, the, at the diner. Yeah. yeah, and she says that once he gets your scent, he can't be stopped. So apparently, he has the scent of. We're not really sure at this point whether it's Dairy or the sister, but he's got mm-hmm. the scent of one of them, and you you can't shake him once he's smelled you. Yeah, what a, I just imagine we should do a, a, a just like an edit or something like that where it's the creeper and he's like. Wow. <laughs> Just the old sentinel old woman. Uh. And this led me to believe that because I it, later in the movie, they talk about like he can he'll smell your fear. The psychic tells them that at some point. And yeah, and that's got to be the reason why he he tailgate them tailgated them so aggressively in the beginning was to in, invoke some kind of fear response. That then he, he then smells those pheromones or whatever. And mm-hmm. he's he's into to one of them. 
Yeah, he's yeah. down to clown, and he's trying to figure out which one mm-hmm. he likes to stink of more. I think okay. that's yeah. kind of where he's at. And he has to evoke yeah. fear in order to kill you or something. I don't know. Yeah. It didn't make yeah. sense. Yeah, it, it's like T Rex, <laughs> and you know, you got it, but it's movement. In this case, it's fear. But I, I have, I think, if I recall, and I don't remember if this is something that I saw online or if this is actually part of the second or third movie, but I, I do believe they kind of try to put a scientific. Like they, they literally, there's some sort of compound that your brain creates when you're scared. Some okay. sort of, um, uh, 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 you know, um, just adrenaline, some sort of, yeah, like, something, something like that. that. Yeah. It's some sort of compound that your that your brain creates when you're scared and he can smell that specific chemical yes. compound, I guess. Cool. Certain so, ones he likes and certain ones he doesn't like that much. No, but, he likes the fear. He likes just whatever that thing is that is the fear one. He's into that. So yeah. the more he can produce in you, the more you are going to be uh, his, you know, targeted mm-hmm. as a victim, I guess. You know, what's really scary, though, mm-hmm. like scarier than a hillbilly truck behind you. <laughs> yeah. A giant bat, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Like could go s- full Mothman with this. So like, why does he bother with the truck? <laughs> <laughs> because he oh, can't oh, fly if he's carrying the bodies, except for that he does definitely do that later. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, the truck, the, he's just a gearhead. He's, he's just, just a win- truck guy. He's just yeah, a whimsical a gearhead. Vibe. He's got yeah. a vibe. He's got this leather yeah. trench coat he likes. He's got a hat. Yeah. He's a real Joe Diffie kind of <laughs> truck you know pickup truck man he just he just got into styles of like it's i want to dress like the undertaker like the undertaker too yeah. i didn't even realize that he does he dresses like the undertaker he drives a truck it's not a pickup truck i'm gonna stop pretending that it is no, it's like an it's ice cream cool. truck it's yeah huge. it looks like an ice cream truck or it looks like a to me it reminds me of an old-timey um uh, like an armored truck that would deliver cash to a bank or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's it, it's definitely yeah, it's definitely a truck that's from maybe like the fifties, but mm. it has some sort of supercharger in it because it's in the sound design that yeah. it has like it has an air intake supercharger. It's like, <laughs> yeah. all right, yeah, it sounds like a, it's nineteen ninety five. They 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 went into their their bag. It's two thousand one, uh, Brian. Uh, ni- oh, ni- whatever. Get it right. What did I just say? Nineteen ninety five. Oh, well, that my movie's 1995. Yeah. But they definitely went into their uh their their little sound uh, you know, archive and typed in Dodge Viper. Like it's that <laughs> 1998 Dodge Viper yeah. sound that was in every video game. The coolest Honda Civic ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's got uh-huh. noise. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think the creeper just might be like kind of a, a smooth brain 70 IQ guy living in florida because he has a supercharged vehicle dresses like the undertaker but has like a real affinity for like shitty old music and And sniffing people and sniffing people people. so like a lot of this makes sense that it takes place in florida (laughs) what if what if when he took off his duster he had like a sick barbed wire tattoo I would prefer this that dude has over so like many the tribal opening, tattoos, like, like the, the the big frills he has around. Yeah, him. I think the barbed wire yeah. tattoo would be cool. He only eats yeah. the skin of people with Celtic knot tattoos. And <laughs> <laughs> you guys are making fun of him a lot, but yeah. you know, nope. 
he let's not forget. He he's he's doing a great job. He's just living his best life. And uh, the guy you know? who the actor actually does a good job. I like. I looked up yes. who it is. The guy who does the plays the creeper is is pretty fucking good. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was IMD being a little bit of this, and there was all the the set had all kind of rules about the the classic car that the that the kids drove and the big mm-hmm. truck. Like they were not allowed to drive them. Mm. Um. Like I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not even sure if during the movie they were actually driving them, but um, because that's interesting. Yeah, they just didn't mm-hmm. have a lot of money, and those cars were worth so much that they 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 couldn't afford for them to be hurt <laughs> or <laughs> broken or anything like that. Yeah, that's yeah. that's interesting, just because of how how many you know different uh, shots they have within the cars. Yeah, and then I I really really hate to give this director any kind of credit, knowing what he is. Yeah, I didn't know that um, before I did this but, movie. Yeah, I was gonna say Meg really fucking oh. <laughs> that's what we said. We she really hung you out to dry. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but he does he does two he does two things in this movie that I, I kinda like. Uh you know, not that they're super unique, but they're they stand out. One is all the shots that are like on the road of they have like a deep field of vision mm-hmm. but a short focus. Mm-hmm. so like you can see you can see the truck in the background coming up on them or when he's standing on the cop car you know you can see him in the background on the cop car but you don't know like what the fuck you're looking at you just yeah. go oh yeah the undertaker's on top of that cop car what's happening now <laughs> yeah he's, and then gonna, the, he's throwing stone cold into that into yeah. that fucking ditch <laughs> what's going on back here <laughs> someone's man getting thrown into a ditch what if paul bear was just hitchhiking you know yeah. just like <laughs> Going my way. Way. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other the other thing I like is and I guess we're like after the cops decide to go back to the church with them. Yeah. There there's there's a scene and just I like the camera movement in this scene of they're going down the road and they start off in the car with Derry and Trish and the camera pans back to the cop car where they're having a conversation mm-hmm. and then it pans back up to the uh, car with if i have a good thing to say i like that shot <laughs> so, yeah. yeah um that's it <laughs> they they actually lost we'll talk about this more at the end but they i guess a bunch of uh like a million dollars worth of funding kind of investors kind of dropped out so mm. the, the ending of this movie was supposed to be a lot differently a, a lot different than it actually ended up being mm. we can we can talk about we'll talk about that at the end but so uh we're at the diner no, let's say let's go from where, where Steve as the cops follow them back to the church. Do they ever make it to the church or does no. do the cops? Yeah, the cops get killed like halfway in route to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when I mean, it's a really cool decapitation scene. I think he just what's he just pull the head out through the. He, he cuts a hole in the roof of the cop car. That's right. Because he's got his he's got his TMNT axe. Yeah. And he's and he pulls and he pulls him up through and he cuts his dang old head off. Right mm-hmm. off. Yeah. And this is when uh Trish and Derry finally get to see this 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 creeper kind of like up close and in person. Because I think at this point they really just think he's just a dude, just a, a weird Well, they, they don't even see have they went to the woman's house yet? And no, then no, that's, that's, that's is, after this. Yeah. I was gonna say they they still don't know what he looks like exactly. Okay, right. right. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So Cause it's after that that they or it's right around then that they get the full view of what he looks like. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. what they what they get is like they the 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 head of the cop lands on the front of their car 
and it causes them to spin out. They don't even see that. But mm. then it, Trish gets out of the car and sees the head on the ground and sees that the creeper is in the cop car now. And they don't even give him time to get out of the cop car before That's they right. fucking take off. Yeah. Well, so, he, he, he starts licking, eating the tongue or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's eating the tongue that. of the cop's head. Yeah. That beautiful. Yeah. And then they, ru- <laughs> that beautiful. They're going to like yeah. French kiss for a long time, but he's actually just kind of fishing his tongue yeah, out. Yeah, he's just eating his that. tongue. And then they run his ass over. Uh, is this they that? run his ass over? No, they run his ass over in front of the cat lady house. Oh, that's yeah. cat lady house. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm getting yeah, ahead, yeah, they ahead play, of myself. They, yeah, they play chicken. So yeah. cops are dead. Now they, they take off. They end up at the cat lady's house. And it's I mean, it's a cat lady. She's got like 20 some cats mm-hmm. um, comes in. She doesn't accept them too readily. But um, fun fact is they got all the so there are a lot of cats in the movie in this house and they to get the cats to that window so fast, they smeared tuna fish all over the window screens. (laughs) Classic move. That's that's what you do when you got to get cats to the front of the house. Tuna. (laughs) If somebody said to me and I have zero cat wrangling experience. Yeah. If somebody said. Get the cats to the front of the window. That's probably my first move. That's your go-to. Tuna yeah. fish. Duh. They. They. What is? I'm like. What would Heathcliff? Like. What? How could I get Heathcliff over here? First thing. First things first. I go lasagna. Who? Where am I getting some lasagna? Uh, and then I go. No, that's there. a specific cat. Yeah. Uh. What, what would Heathcliff do? He's more of an everyday cat. Tuna He's fish. a garbage cat. He'll He's take whatever. Cat. Right. So uh, you guys might understand this, but but I feel like the, the, the cat did the cat lady have some kind of understanding of this, maybe of this creeper. She seemed to, didn't she? She's, she uh, yeah, I got vibes of that. I don't know. I felt like she didn't. Well, yeah. well, I thought she did because she was like, ah, fuck you guys. And then she saw him in the yard. And my he was like, scarecrow. Yeah, he's acting like a scarecrow. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, it's that. Thing that I have a vague understanding of. Like, I took it as she had a vague understanding of what they could be talking about. She didn't want to believe it. Then she saw this quote unquote scarecrow and then was like, uh oh. Yeah. yeah. I think, and it's also confusing at this point because you have the call at the diner that you later find out is the psychic, but mm-hmm. because they never show the psychic's face in that scene. You think you, it's the cat lady. You think it's the cat lady because she's right. going on and on about, have you seen the cats? Mm-hmm. And so you're thinking like mm. when they show up at the cat lady's house is like, is this the person who was calling them at the diner? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's why it gets confusing. You think she has mm-hmm. an understanding of the creeper, I think but I, I don't think she does. I kind of thought they were the same character, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't really give it that much thought, but I always just kind of thought of them as the same character. Yeah. Also, just a fun thing. Uh, this cat lady is also Mrs. Peacock in the Clue movie. Oh, oh no shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that makes sense now. I fucking love Clue. Such a good yeah. one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's not my oh. scarecrow. Scarecrow then, I think maybe she takes a shot. I'm not sure. But the Scarecrow kind of flies up, lands on her roof, gets into her house because you can kind of hear the cats getting tore up or disturbed. And then she she freaking she doesn't give a shit. She goes in there and she tears off after him Mm -hmm. and uh, hear a couple gunshots. They come down the stairs at the it's a, I feel like this is a really cool shot too, kind of in the shadows. It looks like she's just coming back to the door and that's what Trish and Derry are kind of led to believe. But then you can see it's just, it's just the creeper with her, her hand, his hand around her neck, holding her up in front of him 
Yeah, she's she's very very dead at this point. And then I think <laughs> this is the reveal. That, yes. Yeah. Okay. That's right. She the 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 cat lady gets dropped, and um, and then they finally get to take this guy in all his 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 alien glory. Lizardy. It's just yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's the uh, lizard taker. Now they know it's the lizard yeah, taker. It is the lizard <laughs> taker. <laughs> well, it, and that's like, um, like I said, I was kind of interested to find out. Like he apparently, I don't know if this is technically canon with the movies. I, I you know, I'll be honest with you. I've seen two and three, maybe not three. I know I've seen the sequel at least. And uh, it has been, you know, probably a while and didn't pay tremendous amount of attention. But I don't, I, I recall them kind of suggesting that he is some sort of reptile ancient ancient reptile creature and hmm. you know whether mm-hmm. he's a god or what you know whatever he is i An don't know alien but, i mean lizard yeah. people are a thing people talk about those guys all the time and mm-hmm. they're, they're supposed to be from some other planet are you saying uh, he's one of the reptilians <laughs> uh, yes. yes yeah he is yes, he is an infowars style reptilian uh-huh. if you saw you could tell now the wings aren't necessarily a giveaway but when his eyes blink the other direction that's yeah. when he knows he's in coats with barack obama he's out there with barack obama <laughs> and hillary they're stuffing people down the pipes <laughs> Just sweating, just <laughs> eating meatballs with your hands. <laughs> so um, I forget. I don't know if there's somehow they get to a road. I don't know. It must just be in front of the cat lady's house. But they, you know, there's there's kind of like a showdown between Trish and Derry and and the creeper. And um, he's on the road. He doesn't have his truck at this point. And um, and they kind of have like this this game of chicken. And for all his powers and prowess of uh, athleticism his wings his super strength and all this mm. stuff he somehow manages he just can't he can't manage the acceleration of this old classic car and just kind of <laughs> like oh i didn't turn that right off and then just gets <laughs> run over a, a bunch of times actually it gets it gets yeah. it, pretty violent well he was being a show off and that's what happens because he, ha- he has he has a couple instances of doing wire foo and doing some backflips and yeah. he thinks he's being all sweet like a parkour mm. video uh-huh. and he gets run the fuck over he being fucking being a jag far. that's right that's what you get for hot dogging <laughs> yeah hot dogging and you're gonna get your dupa run over yep and he did a whole bunch of times she backed up over and over and over and over again and he did mm-hmm. i mean he seemed like he was he was he was hurt pretty good yeah he was he was up against it a little bit there it seems yeah. like they didn't number on him yeah so they take off and um as as they drive away you can kind of see him like his 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 wings kind of pop out and kind of cover himself up a little bit and eventually he he flies off the best he can manage but you can tell he's he's struggling but he does go somewhere we're left to believe that he goes somewhere to kind of recuperate or maybe he needs to eat some more organs oh no because that's what he does exactly next right the more mm-hmm. he goes on a little feeding spree and he kind of regains his strength and regains his abilities to to fuck shit up because we mm-hmm. we go to the trish and dairy go to the police department and um they don't of course they don't believe him at all but uh but so does the creeper and we the next time we see the creeper is down in the one of the holding cells right Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. he is he has ripped the the bars off of the holding cell and he is just feasting and those poor Mm -hmm. guys next to him are just like he's right right there (laughs) what's going on 
<laughs> get your boy. Somebody come get your boy. Um, I, why? Why are all the cops terrible shots? Terrible shots. <laughs> yeah, you know, this is this is not modern day Florida cops. Modern day Florida cops will shoot no, a dimple will. off your ass. Yeah, hundred yards for you know for nothing these guys are real bumbling these are real barney fife type of you know cops yeah yeah just podunk they don't and they don't seem terribly concerned that like uh, one county over two cops are dead right yeah oh i forgot about the whole (laughs) that's not that's not their problem right Mm -hmm. (laughs) no no it's fine i guess they they just assumed a gator got him or something yeah That's the number one. That's the number one cause of death amongst law enforcement in 2001 Florida. It's a gator attack. Gator problem. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is I mean, I feel like this is the this is the the last real kind of big scene here as far as like the fight goes. Yeah. Um, Trish kind of makes a they they work their way through the police department there. I mean, everyone's dying. But the, the, the cops are still like they're 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 trying their best. They've got their ride gear on now. They're. They're they're searching for this guy. And eventually, the creeper gets somewhere like on the second floor, I believe. And yeah. um, they they have a bit of a showdown between Trish and Derry. And uh, I I just want I just wanted to point out. So you mentioned that there was like budgetary problems. Yeah. Leading up to the ending of this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think something makes more sense to me now is you have this scene of like these cops in riot gear, and they're just kind of in a hallway walking around yeah right there's a real fucking chatty kathy on the other end of a <laughs> of the the walkie-talkie yeah and he's just like oh boy oh he's getting us oh no oh boy oh watch out sarge and he, one of the worst lines i've ever heard in a long time of he's a real mover and a shaker boss oh no yeah and oh, you, good rather God than damn rather than showing any of this action it, yeah. You're just having it narrated by some podunk cop on the I other. Assumed, I assumed it was Jerry Reed on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good goddamn! Holy Moses! There, big old like, Gator Man over here. Goddamn! It sounded like a really fun scene to watch. I mean, it got that. Yeah. that it, it, oh boy! And yeah, it, it, it sounded super yeah. awesome when yeah. Snowman just read the script to us. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just Jerry Reed over there on the yeah, other side. Apparently, from what I from what I read, somehow the the original ending was supposed to be Dairy in the Creeper's truck, and it didn't say. I, I'm assuming maybe the Creeper was in it. Mm-hmm. But Derry was supposed to drive that truck into a train. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh shit. that would have been sick. Yeah, <laughs> they were going. They were going to go full fucking. Uh, yeah, uh, Stephen King. Yeah, and if I had to guess, ending. I bet the yeah. creeper probably would have been like maybe perched on the truck, and he, they were just yeah. gonna like they were, he was just gonna bring them two together, and Derry was gonna kind of kill himself, but the creeper at the same time, right? And mm. then everyone lives happily ever after. So. Mm. We're, we're at the second floor of the police station, and this is kind of where it's all going to come to a head. Trish tries her very best. And I, I honestly, I thought I didn't know which way the creeper was was going to go because I still wasn't sure of who he wanted at this point. But Trish really tried her best to try and sacrifice herself. Take me, not him. And uh, the creeper was like, nah, I'm going to I'm going to stick with my guy here. This is this is who I like. This is who I picked. Mm. 
And uh, despite her best efforts, he takes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take old movie forty three over here. I'm gonna take yeah. him with me. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the twink with the belly tattoo. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about his little belly tattoo. Yeah. Plus, Justin Long is like really thin and fit in this movie. Like, yeah. He was. Uh, I guess he was twenty two. I read at this time, and she mm-hmm. was like thirty, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. She did. She definitely looked a little bit older than he did. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, Justin Long is. Yeah. I'm sorry. I interrupted you there. But yeah, they he eventually uh, takes him, and then you know the final scene. The final is, scene. Uh, the, yeah. He's the creeper has removed his skin, and you mm-hmm. kind of see it through his. But I kind of like this part. That just that the kind of you know gives him a little it just makes him a little more personable he's just there sitting on a, on his little stool mm-hmm. just just working along you know just kind of mm-hmm. just living his own life right there and i just he's you know? like the co- he's like the cobbler yeah he yeah. just put, he like took the back doesn't he like he took the back of his head off or something but mm-hmm. then he took his eye because you're just looking through his eyes yeah right. and he his, so his he ate his face uh, yeah but it, but his why do you take his eyes did eat. he need to fix his own eyes? I, don't I thought the idea, like, why'd he take that other guy's guts and sew him back up? But he took Justin Long's eyes out. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't I, know. There's there's, there's, there's other things to get stuck on than that. I'm not sure why I'm, I'm, I'm stuck on it. I think it just, it was one of those things where, like, they, they couldn't do the ending that they wanted to do. So they needed a shocking ending. So instead of doing a big explosion... They got to do a something disturbing. Mm-hmm. So they go, well, what would be disturbing? Eye stuff. Eyeballs. So they took his eyes out, but they're like, well, what, is that really that bad? And they're like, well, we'll also take the back of his head off so you can see right through where his yeah. eyes would be. Oh. And so it makes for this like shocking imagery of like the, yeah, like you said, the little cute twink boy with his eyes gone and back of his head gone. But it doesn't really hold true to what the creeper would necessarily do, or maybe it does. Who knows? Yeah, it does Who because knows? it doesn't make any sense. Like the, there's so again, there's so much lore and goofiness thrown at the wall, and they they're saying that he eats things to rebuild when he's hurt. Yeah, but then like, does he? Because he eats like the I think he's eating the guy's foot in the jail cell because. His foot got run over by the car and detached. So that's how he regrows a foot by eating somebody else's foot. But like, why, why, why waste? Why does he never just consume fully? Is it because he needs to have his sewn up friends to talk to? Is it maybe Tuesday is just eyeball day? Maybe it could be, you know. Yeah, and and all. So just maybe consider that maybe the creeper doesn't know what he's doing either. You know, maybe he's just trying to feel his way through life like a lot of us. And he's, he's just, just figuring doing the, it out like the rest of us. He's the best he can. All right. <laughs> Again, a real 70 IQ fucking monster. <laughs> yeah. Just, I yeah. don't know. I eat the ice today. It's a good. Yeah. <laughs> Tuesday. It's eye day. Yeah. I make ta- it's taco Tuesday. I put eyes in tacos. Um, He's got 23 days here and then he's done. So just let him have yeah. fun. God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this movie's got a real mixed tone. To it. <laughs> yeah. like it goes from like really dire and brutal to very silly to. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's all up and down in terms of the tone, which I don't mind because I, I like the kind of unpredictability of it, I guess. 
But I would say my biggest concern with this movie, not concern, biggest issue with it is just it kind of falls apart after the first like 20 minutes or so. Mm -hmm. And it has a real strong first 20 minutes. And there are a lot of movies in the genre, you know, genre movies, especially that I think we've talked about this before. They have a long life and they have a cult following because they start fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it, it, it's just it's kind of like that old phenomenon of like we talked about. It's got a, a, a you know some of these movies have good you know it's a good movie but a shit title so it mm -hmm. doesn't have any legs. Right. This movie has a life and a franchise and a following because it starts fast and it's got a really intense first twenty minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it. I, even though the title and I think one of the reasons why I didn't see this movie is because I just thought the title was fucking stupid like why I didn't see it in 2001 yeah, yeah. I was just like that it, sounds fucking stupid I'm not watching well, it was supposed to be called like the boogeyman hunts at night or some shit that oh, would have been God. stupid too and I wouldn't have <laughs> watched it <laughs> yeah so I, I, I'm, I'm paraphrased but it was the original title was something about the boogeyman yeah it, but, for, but then they really leaned into this this music thing with the song which yeah. we didn't really get into but it's no we kind of forgot about it's that. terrible, but and it's, it's also dumb, weird. I'm like, kind of yeah. glad we ignored that part. <laughs> this well, is, and that and that's the only reason that made the ending make sense. So I wonder if this is all oh, a bunch right. of kept it kept together with, uh, you know, with with tape and 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 bubble gum because he's like, okay, we have this thing about in 2001. It's a fairly original idea to have like a a, a kind of creepy oldie song, mm -hmm. you know, that right. wasn't that wasn't played out yet. Yeah, it so wasn't in every trailer. <laughs> yeah. So let's do a creepy old song and uh and and put it in there over the trailer. And then they went, well, we can't do the big slap bang finish we want to. We want to tie the song in more. We think that's a strong idea. So maybe we uh have at the end his eyes get taken out Where'd and it does the whole peepers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. So so I don't know. We'll maybe I'm speculating. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Who knows? It, it just for me, like when it came out, it just this was like a real precursor to like shit like the Bye Bye Man. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm not watching shit. I'm not watching shit <laughs> called that. The Pee Pee Poo Poo Man. <laughs> pee Pee Poo Poo Man. Yeah. yeah. Return of the Pee Pee Poo Poo Man. Yeah. Here he comes. The Pee Pee Poo Poo Man in theaters. <laughs> The Bye Bye Man is maybe the worst title of a movie. It's the ever worst fucking, fucking title. Uh, so yeah, so that's Jeepers Creepers. It was fun. I liked it. You don't need a genealogy tree to figure it out. <laughs> and uh, you don't even need you don't even need above seventy IQ. No, you don't. Really, you don't. You know, it's just a big giant flying lizard man eating people, and it. It's fun. Okay. It is. It is a fun movie. I, I don't, I don't, I've never disliked this movie. Like I said, I have kind of, you know, uh, not necessarily eager to champion it just because of, um, <laughs> you know, the, the pedophilia involved with the production. Um, but as a film, it's just, it's a serviceable f horror movie with a memorable first 20 minutes. Um, yeah, this is a real good movie to huff a bag of paint to <laughs> yeah. because like by the time you get deep into it, you're yeah. fucking gone. Like you're probably asleep. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Who gives a shit? Yeah. The second, I would say 30% of this movie is okay. All right. All right. And then, yeah, 70% is who gives a shit. Um, yeah. Justin Long has become this like genre darling i mm -hmm. would say in recent yeah. years um 
you know, obviously Tusk is obviously you know, Tusk. A wacky fucking, uh, you know, genre movie that a lot of people like him in, you know, but for every, you know, I think he just does a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if for every Tusk and Barbarian, there's movie 43 and four Alvin and the Chipmunks movies, you know what yeah. I mean? So like he's he's charming. He does a good job. And, you know, obviously his big breakout was with uh, fucking um, uh, Dodgeball. Yeah. So like people were like, oh, he's cute. He's funny. He's, uh, you know, he doesn't take himself too, ser- too seriously. Um, but he also like if you do that many movies, you're going to get some good ones in there. Yeah. Like uh, I've actually heard people talk about him as like he is this unsung genre actor hero that picks all these really interesting projects. I'm like, no, he just takes all projects, I think. Yeah. Well, I would say always works, which you never. (laughs) Of course, you don't blame the guy for take. You get a movie. Somebody wants to put you in fucking Alvin and Chipmunks movie and pay a bajillion dollars. Don't do that fucking movie. Yeah. But. Well, yeah. I, I think I think the the case for him being a genre darling is for the horror films at least is because I think the only like only horror films he's done have been good ones or or at least hits. So like Jeepers and Creepers wacky ones, yeah, Jeepers Creepers, Drag Me to Hell, Barbarian, and yeah. Tusk. Like yeah. they're all like that. I'm looking at it and it seems like those are the only four horror movies he's done. Really feels like yeah. a lot more than that. Yeah, was I, uh was he in Galaxy Quest before this? Before Jeepers Creepers, he was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he was also in House of Darkness, which I assume is a horror film. I didn't see. But Never it sounds seen like House of Darkness. Isn't that the video game? No, you're thinking of something else. You're thinking of House of the Dead. The House or, of the Dead. Or uh, maybe I'm... Alone in the Dark. Yeah, I think it just sounds like an amalgamation yeah. of horror movie video game yeah, titles. It, it's yeah, it's very regular but yeah no he takes a whole bunch of other films because like i've he has so many fucking films i've never seen i've only seen him in horror films and kevin smith films yeah Uh, and that's it in galaxy quest i do like that yeah but yeah yeah he just takes everything (laughs) yeah he just he listen the guy's working he's out there it's not a bad model no (laughs) um yeah i i he does a good job and i think it also he does a good job especially in contrast to trish who is fucking horrible yeah Yeah, she's pretty bad yeah her dialogue is so bad like i said even when she's trying to look scared she's really trying to like be this like like super sexy you know kind of it's just she's she's trying to sacrifice herself in in lieu of dairy i feel like that Mm -hmm. was really gross and and bad poorly done it just it was yeah her i don't know yeah she's just a very obnoxious character and but like the motivations get so muddied and twisted up Mm-hmm. Of like, and it doesn't feel like anybody has like a good character arc, because because even Justin Long Justin Long's character is pretty outset from the beginning that like he's trying to save the people or at least investigate. Mm-hmm. So like but then he he's also like an asshole a little bit. He's a little bit of an she, asshole, but he doesn't well, change from that it, no, it, by the end of the film. But like it even even amongst his like you know kind of uh, I guess very mellow arc that he has they kind of play him off to be the like reckless one Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. 
but in like it like when he blow through the when he blew through the stop sign do you remember that like scene it was yeah. early on it was yeah, it's dumb. the first thing that happens is he yeah. blows through the stop sign yeah yeah and they're like oh he doesn't give a fuck about anybody else he's just no. an asshole out here driving out and just like hey, fuck these yeah. country people i'm just gonna right. fucking blow through stop signs but then he but then, like puts his voice? life on I gotta, the line yeah, i gotta go yeah try and save these strangers that that i don't even know maybe there's someone to, but i'm probably not gonna be able to get out i'm still gonna go try and check let's go see yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he's, just, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a college age shithead to start mm-hmm. the film, but it's within the first ten minutes that he kind of like changes into a, a, a heroic ish character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's but the, it's the fact that that change happens so early, and then he doesn't really evolve much. He doesn't have to because like mm-hmm. now he's the good guy. But then Trish yeah. is just all over the fucking place. She's like panicky and in fear but then also and trying to sacrifice her herself right yeah so she's like her mom she's like being a bitch but then also not being a bitch and then sometimes <laughs> she wants to run and fight sometimes she does it, it doesn't yeah i don't know she's all over the goddamn map it is a um genuinely poorly written and directed i would say yeah <laughs> and it is the same guy who is yeah. also a pedophile so right um <laughs> all around <laughs> Not a lot of uh, positives for good old Victor Sala. Oh yeah, but fu- but still probably the best movie of this showdown. So <laughs> you know what? Don't forget that. And I'm gonna take it back. I'm gonna take back what I said about those couple shots that I like in the film. Yeah. Aww, not that, that I'm not that not that I'm taking it back that I don't like them, but they're not Victor Salva's. They're the director of photographies. Oh. Mm-hmm. He set them up. That's how I that's how I see it. (laughs) That's how I would like to imagine that it happened. Yeah. So I don't have to give any credit to a fucking child abuser. Uh, Yeah. Meg. All right. Thanks a lot, Meg. 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 I tried my best. Let the record show. (laughs) All right. Uh, Steve. Next. Midnight meat train. Midnight meat train. Uh uh I'm excited for this one. Start it. Start a chant. Hell yeah. yourself. Hell yes. <laughs> this movie rules. I know you've been saying some little under the breath backhanded comment. Or, At least you know, they were you, under the breath. Everyone else has talked about my movie out and loud and Well, oof. it's a bad it's a bad movie. I didn't like I didn't like having to watch that in Midnight Me Trade. I got some I got some shit to say about this too. I'm sure you do, and I know one of them is your complaints about the CGI. And I think I mean look, that's just surface level. You know I'm gonna hate that. I know you're gonna it's hate that. So but it's bad. not it's not like they don't have great practicals happening as well. They were just, trying. They they were just trying. Yeah, they were, they were trying. doing 2008 shit. It's t- exactly. It's Lionsgate. It's 2008. They're gonna do Lionsgate 2008 shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. That I don't doesn't mean I have to like it. I know you don't have to like it, but you just also have to- they took a Clive Barker story and they. Mm, Anyway, I'll, I'll I'll wait. I will restrain my comments until we get into the plot. Yeah, you guys sure. won't believe this, but I love this movie too. This was fun. <laughs> it is fun. It is a really a fun movie. I've seen this movie. I think this is the third time I've seen it. Yeah, I and think it's the third I time like I've it seen time. it too. Yeah, yeah. I actually didn't like it the first time I saw it, but I don't know what it was. Just rewatching it because I rewatched it in within the past ten years, and I liked it. And I was like, oh, I thought I hated this movie. And I think also I maybe was confusing it with Wes Craven's They, which I mm. still hate. <laughs> yeah, I saw this in uh, uh, when it came out, I think, in college. And then I saw it really just a 
you know, during COVID, I think. And Kate had watched it. And I had just seen it, like I said, within the last probably three years. And Kate and I watched it. And then we were watching it again. And she was like half paying attention on the couch. And she was like, I can't remember how this movie ends, but I fucking saw this movie. Like, and she was just like, <laughs> is this Bradley Cooper? I was like, yeah. She's like, oh, fuck. I remember this. But she couldn't remember how it ended. And I couldn't fully remember how it ended either. Mm. Um, so anyway. Yeah. So the the movie, just a little background on it. Like you said, it's based off a of Clive Barker <laughs> short story. Um, and it was written by Jeff Bueller. He has an interesting uh credit line he is the writer of the studio 666 which just came out the 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 dave grohl horror film yeah. the food fighters oh, horror film. i haven't seen that yet he was a writer of that but also he seems to be the go-to guy for any kind of remake and property because he also wrote the script for the pet cemetery jacob's ladder and grudge remakes uh, wow. so that he's all got came the, out within the past, you know, five years. There is a, I feel like there is an entire like subsect of the industry that just hangs around and, and tries to attach themselves to like licensed properties like that mm-hmm. from like Stephen King, Clive Barker, Wes Craven, you know, whoever else. I feel like there's just, there is a. A, a script team there is a production team <laughs> that just kind of knows how to kind of knows how to adapt stories yeah. literature yeah. In, you know in a serviceable way and that's just what they work on yeah it, i mean just from reading his credits list he seems to do a lot more adaptation than not but you know hey he's just kind of a hired gun but that's mm-hmm. okay uh the director though is uh ryuhei kitamura and he is, I think I made mention of how he's kind of pushed a little bit as like a, a Takashi Miike. You know, people mm-hmm. saw people saw like similar things with the way he makes films, and they're like, "Oh, we can get our own Takashi Miike for our studio." You know, it was maybe a Lionsgate thought that they had. <laughs> yeah, but he like he he directed a film versus a lot of his uh, films are much more in the action rather than horror. But he still does some horror stuff. Uh, so like versus is probably the big one he hit the scene with in two thousand. He did Godzilla: Final Wars in two thousand four, and then uh, Midnight Meat Train. And then also uh, he has like a segment in Nightmare Cinema, uh, which came out. Uh, couple years ago but like five years ago yeah 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 he has a segment in nightmare nightmare cinema and directed the loop in the third uh live action huh. so yeah he has he's kind of all over the place but you know so was takashi Miike. he does <laughs> yeah i mean he he if i recall i looked through an imdb a little bit he's not really doing a whole lot these days is that accurate no yeah, no, yeah. he do, he does not work nearly as much. But yeah. he he had a couple movies come out 2022. He had uh, mm-hmm. The Price We Pay, which is seems to be a horror film. Hmm. And yeah. Yeah, that was the most recent horror film. Gotcha. Yeah. But, you know, he he's I think he does some good stuff and part of what makes me like this film now is like it, you can tell there's a real uh, non-American sensibility to this film. 
and how mean spirited it is. Mm-hmm. It is very mean spirited. It does feel like a little bit of the edges are kind of scraped off until the very end. Um, like I wouldn't, I'd be surprised if, and I've not read the story and I know it's a Clive Barker story, mm-hmm. um, which I think is the same title, right? Um, um, see, I thought I read that this was originally supposed to be a Candyman sequel. Oh, okay. I thought that, I think the, I think the Clive Barker story is called the Midnight Me Train. It might if I'm be. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, but it, it is one of those movies that like is the inverse of what we talked about before, where you get like a good movie with a bad title. And nobody pays attention to. I think yeah. this is like a mediocre movie but with a really awesome title <laughs> i think i think the title definitely outpaces uh the yeah the short story it, is the same it, name yeah it writes yeah. A, the, the title writes a check that's ass couldn't cash let's put it that way i mean I except think they, for, for the last five minutes it's fucking awesome last five minutes is amazing yeah uh, no i think they do i think they do pretty good before the last five minutes i, I think there's a lot of good gore that happens in it even though it's mixed in with the stuff that you hate the Some stuff that upsets so you fucking bad i hate it yeah but it, they definitely it should have been called the midnight me train welcome to 2008 motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> like that would have been the fucking title that would have down with the sickness <laughs> colon we are all very much down with the sickness yeah so, and I think maybe one of the other shortcomings of this film is uh, something we talked about, not uh, something we talked about with Renfield, about how Renfield was so fast paced just to get to A to B. Like, even, I don't think this film spends a lot of time on any one thing. So, you you kind of, like, I, I feel like I would want to see more about the conspiracy uh, but they just don't let that breathe. They don't give it time. Well, they give the, they give the mm. freaking Bradley Cooper's career too much yeah. time. A little yeah. bit. It's yeah. Just, and, and it's because fucking Brooke Shields is in that scene. Like they got to build up mm-hmm. to this Brooke Shields scene because they paid Brooke Shields to be in this fucking movie. So you got to build that up. But it's like, I don't care about fucking rich white guy wannabe photographer living in a, <laughs> obviously in an unbelievable apartment in Manhattan. Yeah. Yes. That is a struggling photographer that and a diner is, waitress, please. Yeah. Yeah. Who's paying for that fucking apartment? And then also like he tries rent controlled. S- <laughs> yeah. He, he tries to slum it for some like urban tourism as a career. Like I'm going to go hang around poor people and take their picture. Like it's just pretty fucking tone deaf. Um, I know it's 2008, but like I, nobody wants Bradley Cooper's character to win here. He, he's, and I don't give a fuck about his career. That's for sure. No. Yeah, he's definitely like a proto hipster. Is what he is. Is yeah. like he he's somehow living far beyond his means, which means yeah. he probably is a trust fund baby, and they well, just never explore who's, that. Who's paying for this? Go back to yeah. fucking Wall Street because that's what you were doing before you decided you wanted to pursue your passion of photography, right? Um, and bought your first fucking camera. But he, you know, but he does. He eats tofu and he hangs oh, around with artsy right. types yeah. and stuff, right? 
but he's always so. late and he's also hanging out in the diner all the time you mm-hmm. know like rather than a coffee shop he's hanging out in a diner so yeah he's definitely like a proto hipster and from Toxic every white dude wannabe photographer yeah and from like, everything yeah. we can tell like he's actually not good at photography he gets one or two lucky shots of the gang yeah. assaulting the woman yeah and the yeah. woman also happens to be a model so it makes it look better <laughs> like, if you hang around long enough and just point a camera at things, something's going to happen at some point. That doesn't mean you're a good photographer. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, we have full proof of that now in 2023 with all the fucking content that's on the goddamn Internet. You mm-hmm. just have to point your camera. Eventually, you get something good. Yeah. You know, we just don't see all the fucking nonsense bullshit looking at your feet. Well, and especially the type of. <laughs> and first of all, he's using a, a film camera. Right. And he's just snapping. Yeah. Just snapping. Just going to going to town. Getting yeah. getting them getting them pictures off. He doesn't even have like yeah. an auto shutter, so he's gotta go no. to town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, uh, just a quick uh you know, follow of the plot. It starts with uh a guy waking up on a subway train and he wakes up and slips and falls in the blood. There's a whole bunch of blood on the train. Oh no, blood on the train. <laughs> reflective blood reflective like a blood. near surface blood yeah, very shiny but uh the the guy in this scene is the director of crank huh. <laughs> well, <laughs> 2008 yeah, yeah. <laughs> 2007 that's crank came out before this <laughs> or 2006 Whatever. i think but yeah. either way yeah welcome to college they're they're collar they're popped collars on the set all over the place <laughs> yeah this is yeah this is it's brian taylor uh co-director of crank and ghost rider spirit of vengeance starring nicholas cage <laughs> <laughs> yeah what what's with all the i mean sam raimi shows up later like what's ted with raimi. all the or ted raimi i mean shows yeah. up later what's you know what's with all the like little easter egg things like that i don't know somebody must have been I mean, it's a Lionsgate movie, yeah. you know, there yeah. was connections yeah. there, but Fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, one, it's Lionsgate and I two, I bet it's just also because everybody was a big fan of versus and Godzilla final wars. They're like, oh, I can work with this guy. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, uh, so yeah, he, he slips into blood, wakes up, sees that there's somebody on the other side of another train car and he's doing some butching. He's doing a mm-hmm. little bit of butching in that car. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you get the title card. Midnight Me Train, Fast and the Furious. Too Fast and Furious. <laughs> too Fast, Too Furious. Ooh, wow. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we've already mentioned how we're introduced to Bradley Cooper. He's a struggling photographer. And, uh, you know, he's out taking pictures, trying to get, you know, land that big showing, the big gallery show. Uh, but, you know, he stinks. So <laughs> he's... He, He's he's got a normie core girlfriend who's working at a diner, uh, yeah. With and and with the with the the boss uh, yeah. uh, slash owner of the diner who they are all very close friends with. So it's a it's a friends like uh, a situation, right? But a little grittier, and he's like the most stereotypical like new york jew working at a diner ever right yeah like (laughs) yeah it's it's very much a sitcom with the saw filter 
Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the, the saw lookup table and fucking yeah. plastered yeah, over it. Get that tofu yeah. off my griddle. No way. <laughs> I'm going to have my tofu in your disgusting grease and you blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot. It's it's just a lot of sitcom-y uh, dialogue in that way. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it's a real sitcom and everything, but kind of the inciting incident is one night Bradley Cooper is out on the streets looking for the mean streets of New York, which actually haven't really existed in a while. Cause this is a post nine 11 world. <laughs> yeah. So well, Giuliani's already cl- at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Giuliani's cleaned it up already. You know, there's nothing <laughs> left for you to find. <laughs> well, it, you can't find a lot of gritty shots at the M and M store. No. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, but he does gump shrimp companies not getting, you know, they're not, they're not a lot <laughs> of sketchy character. Shrimp. There's a lot of drama <laughs> in character to the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. Yeah. I saw I saw guys taking smoke break <laughs> from serving popcorn shrimp. <laughs> Hanging out behind the Lego store, yeah. Right. But no, uh you know, Bradley Cooper is he's following he follows a woman who is also being followed by some street toughs. And he follows them into a subway and they start attacking the woman and he starts snapping off pictures and he convinces them. He's like, oh, I got you on camera and now I got you on a double camera because there's a security camera right here. That's two cameras. Mm-hmm. You're all on camera. <laughs> yeah. And they, yeah. they back off. They're dressed. To, they, are, they are dressed too stylishly to um, to be. Re- I don't know. The, a person who is just about to just rape a person in the middle of a train station. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they would then be that concerned about beating the shit out of this guy. Yeah. You know what I right. mean? It just felt a little whatever. I get it. They're trying to add tension and all this stuff. And that's how he gets his dangerous shot that Brooke Shields mm-hmm. tells him to get or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's also in like the nicest train station ever. I know. Yeah. The stairwell down to that thing is just beautiful. Yeah. That's- it looked like the it looked like the train station in Paris. Yes. Like the, you could eat off you could eat off the fucking ground not a grime there are grimy ass train stations in new york and that wasn't one of them that's part of giuliani's clean up plan <laughs> yeah, i guess <laughs> but yeah so the the street toughs back off and he leaves and the model gets on the train well but, she gives him a sexy kiss first yeah 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 she yeah so because that's why she deserves it right <laughs> <laughs> this is a real this is a real problematic movie is what i'm trying to say <laughs> she dresses kind of sexy uh is gonna get raped he saves her she gives him a sexy kiss so she kind of deserves getting her head smashed in, right? Movie like that's kind of what the movie is trying to tell us, right? And her name is her name is like Sakaki or something. No, her oh, name's Erica. You just no, make it just- they said her name was like her last name. I think he literally said Sakaki. Ah, uh, go back and look it up. I swear to God, I didn't it. make that up. That it was is. something I wrote down. Damn it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's Erica Sakaki. This movie is problematic. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not problematic. I just didn't. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think about that part. But yeah, yeah. Her name is Sakaki. I, I don't. I hope that means something else in Japanese, and it's just an unfortunate coincidence. And it's yeah, not right. like this writer. <laughs> well, didn't they even like? They kind of alluded to the fact that she was like an adult model. 
I think they just meant model, model. Yeah. I didn't get like, a not, vibe from that. Yeah. Yeah. I took it as she deserved it, and that's why uh, we shouldn't feel bad. Oh. <laughs> that's kind of like how the movie seemed to be telling me about okay. the sexy. Otherwise, why does she give him a sexy kiss? But who almost True. gets raped yeah. and then is like, let me give this guy a sexy kiss My for tongue thank in your you mouth for making quick. me yeah. not get raped. You know, it, it just it felt very uh, not cool. Right. Yeah. Nobody would react that way, right? It's I don't know. It's it's sexy two thousand eight movie. <laughs> I guess everything's sexy. Everything is yeah. grimy and sexy. Everything's sweaty and stinky and sexy. Yeah, uh, but yes, she gets on the train and uh, she gets on the midnight me train and she gets her head bashed in, mm-hmm. and then that's kind of that's our inciting incident. It's because Bradley Cooper finds that he has taken pictures of this incident and he sees the hand of the butcher on the train and then wait do we establish that this is new york i think so or i think it's philadelphia actually is it philadelphia i don't know because remember he's the the diner is like a cheesesteak that he makes cheesesteaks you can make cheesesteaks you can make cheesesteaks in new york you You could sometimes people can move from because i mean it was shot in la so I don't know what the, I'm pretty sure they're trying to go for New York on this. I took it as they were going to New York, but I don't know. Yeah. Cuz cuz the uh Quentin Rampage Jackson yeah. is he is uh <laughs> dressed as and uh uh his character name is Guardian Angel, which is yeah. which was a real 80s New York thing. Was yes. like the Guardian Angel. So I'm pretty sure that's like that's why I always assumed it was New York. Yeah. But yeah, and I just wanted to bring that up now that I've brought uh, Rampage up. Uh, I think my movie qualifies as not just as a twofer before they were stars, but as oh, a yeah, threefer for sure. Um, because we have we have Bradley Cooper wasn't uh, mm-hmm. the Hangover hit in two thousand nine, right? His normie girlfriend is Leslie Bibb, mm-hmm. who is she's become a pretty pretty big name. She's in the mm-hmm. Marvel universe. But uh, she was in stuff before this. I would say she was even a bigger star than he was at this point. I wouldn't know. I don't. I actually yeah. don't recognize her. And then Rampage. I, wasn't she on some MTV show or something? I don't know. Maybe. I'm imagining that. <laughs> just making shit up. <laughs> <laughs> just make. No, but like, I feel like I re- re- remember her from before this. I don't know. Anyway. It's possible. I mean, I, I recognized her from Iron Man. Yeah, she was so. already in Talladega Nights at this point. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. She was already in the giant, you know, because she played Will Ferrell's wife in Talladega. Yeah, yeah she did. Never mind. No, okay. So it doesn't count for her, but I'm still going to say two for because mm-hmm. even though Rampage was huge in the UFC at this point, which is why he was mm-hmm. cast, he mm-hmm. wasn't a big movie star because that didn't happen. He's in never t- a big movie star. <laughs> he, had, he had one year of big movie star, yeah. which was 2010. When he starred as B.A. Baracus in the A-Team movie I, with Bradley Cooper. <laughs> God, it's so fucking bad. I do want to say a little little, uh, little connection here uh, in a couple instances. Leslie Bibb is actually a real legit great kind of genre darling in my mind. I mean, she was in Trick or Treat. She's been in a bunch of shit. Um, but she was also in Movie 43. So yeah. with our friend Justin Long. Yeah. So there you go. So, wow. Yeah. Was anybody from... Uh, Halloween six in movie 43 uh, probably, probably not. there are a lot of people that per- <laughs> there's a lot of people who 
um, would like to forget that they were in movie 43, <laughs> but mm-hmm. actually were in movie 43. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> God, there were so many people in it. Holy shit. It is, it, I, that is one of the most baffling films ever made. Do you want to hear just the first few? I know this is completely off topic, but you guys are going to shit your pants. The first people in these were all people in movie 43. Chloe Grace Moretz, um, Jeremy Allen White, Hugh Jackman, <laughs> Kate Winslet, Kate Winslet, Christopher uh, Mince Plus or whatever the guy he played McLovin. Right. Emma Stone, Elizabeth Banks, Chris Pratt. Oh Halle Berry, God. Anna Faris, Kristen Bell, Stephen Merchant, Bob Odenkirk, Gerard Butler, Dennis Quaid. These are all movie 43. How did they Karen all get tricked? Naomi Watts. <laughs> they literally all got duped into the exact same thing. Leslie Bibb, we talked about. Justin Long, uh, Liv Schreiber, Uma Thurman. Like this is ins- it's insane. Jason Sudeikis. Um, it just goes on and <laughs> Richard Gere, uh, Patrick Warburton. <laughs> Did you say Gerard Butler? Yeah. Yeah. Sean, yeah. Sean William Scott, Johnny Knoxville, Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> uh, uh, oh my God. There's so many more. This movie, I can't, I just can't believe it fucking exists. It's Ju- a- Juliana Moore, <laughs> JB Smooth, Common. Like, just, I can't believe this movie. Just, Why would you all be a part of that? We need to do an, a just a complete separate podcast on movie 43, an entire series. Coming to the uh, Patreon, pay for that. Yeah. But all right. Sorry, I went off on quite a tangent. That's but. OK. It's a, it's a shitty movie and it's crazy that it exists, but. I gotta um, see. I don't think I've ever seen it. I gotta watch that. Oh, it's oh, it's yeah. it's dog shit. And I'm it's sure 2013, and the whole time you're gonna be sitting there going, "This movie's only 10 years old." <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine it's aged any better in 10 years. <laughs> no, I, think I'm just, I probably haven't evening. watched it for. I think I watched it once eight years ago, and I'm yeah. like, Jesus Christ, how does this exist? Back to the Midnight Me Train, and not on Movie 43. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we, you know, we have a scene of Bradley Cooper, and he's he's dreaming about the train. He's yearning for the train. He yearns for the train in the Midnight he and the sure Meat. He sure does. <laughs> I'm not quite sure if this is just like because he's destined for what he's destined for, that he can't yeah. get it out yeah. of his head. And I think that's what it is, is like he has a destiny, but he yearns for the train. And that sends yeah, a- is it like a lineage thing? Is it like he's been infected with this thought? Like, they, this- of course, it's never explained. And the, the ending is such a insane left turn mm-hmm. that it it's you never know. Yeah, there's absolutely no way of telling. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think you can just kind of take it as a destiny thing. But yeah, his yearning for the train sends him out into the night to take pictures again. I would say like his curiosity. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not like a spiritual destiny thing as much as just like, oh, they just wait for people who get that connect. But then you also have to have some very specific specific physical attributes apparently to do this job. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it just it just happens. You know, it, it's yeah. one of those coincidences that it, it'll happen to you, but you're mm. you are a specific person of a specific type that will find yeah. it. Yeah, because so. yeah. we're led to believe too that the, the the current midnight train guy, whatever mahogany, what's his mm-hmm. name? Yeah, yeah, mahogany. No, midnight train guy, you got it. Midnight train guy. <laughs> he's kind of towards the end of his his line here. Like he is, he's right. kind of mm-hmm. getting, he's losing his touch. 
and they're, yeah. they're looking for yeah. someone. He's got lesions. He's got Ooh, he's got yeah, particles. About the lesions. He's, he's got, got barnacles. He's got barnacles. <laughs> Old train. They call him train barnacles. Yeah. Those are so gross. <laughs> yeah, he's got subway barnacles that he's gonna <laughs> scrape off for <laughs> like a, like an old boat. <laughs> That's such an unnecessary scene. <laughs> it's so great so though. Gr- <laughs> it's so gross. Look like little ears growing on his back. Well, yeah. I was just gonna remember. There, like I remember one time we had a um, I was baking cookies with my kids. It was just like one of these like my wife was working late one night i think and we were just like hey let's do something we were baking cookies and we didn't have any like icing or anything right and i mm-hmm. was like oh we don't have it you know we can make some and they were like oh what if we put marshmallows on them and they like melt so i put marshmallows and sprinkles on some yeah and they just half melted just look like nipples on top of <laughs> yeah, the yeah, yeah. cookies <laughs> and then uh and then the ones with chocolate sprinkles just look like hairy nipples <laughs> um but then the way the nipples are there that is what i was imagining he was cutting off himself these little like half like half of a miniature marshmallow that's melted onto his body <laughs> i yeah. thought you were gonna say like the marshmallows caved in and caused like a recess in a cavity <laughs> no no and it wasn't even that cool yeah it just half melted yeah but yeah so yeah uh, leo's out on the streets he's taking pictures of homeless people as most you know proto photogs do you know homeless that means like strife that means drama everybody's gonna love this but he comes across the butcher the butcher's Mm -hmm. getting off his train schedule he sees him and he's an interesting character to see in the middle of the fucking night a guy in a yeah up and down suit with a giant attache case walking around Mm -hmm. in the middle of you know a a bad neighborhood so bradley cooper starts following him and then uh he gets grabbed up by the shirt collar like a punk. <laughs> yeah. But this is where he notices the 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 nautical star ring or whatever just the that's symbol right. it is. Yeah. And that's what, that's how he starts piecing it together. He's like, "Oh, that guy was on the train that the model was on." And he starts following him and he gets obsessed. And he gets obsessed with the trains and the midnight and the meat. And he starts following <laughs> him starts following him to his butcher job cuz he is real also a midnight meat guy. Yeah, real oh. midnight meat guy. <laughs> but yeah it leads him on this uh on this conspiracy theory he's going all over the place he's finding him at the butchery the the meat uh packing plant he's watching him do butcher jobs and he's taking creep shots of him <laughs> like yeah you cutting that meat <laughs> <laughs> you cutting that meat big boy cutting that meat big boy but you know uh, we're also getting just victims of the meat train to kind of illustrate exactly how brutal uh the butcher is and how uncaring his main go-to weapon is a tenderizing hammer right i mean Mm -hmm. that's that's yeah that's the first blow he brings every time it's just a a hammer to the head yeah just Mm -hmm. a big old dang old hammer he's doing classic thor stuff Uh, I, see, that's more of a mallet, you guys. That's not a hammer. That's not a Thor. Don't fine. Thor it up. Don't Thor it up, you dorks. He's Thor. He throws it later, just like yeah, Thor. he does. He does. He does throw it later. And he gets uh, Leslie, whatever, Leslie Bibb or whatever her name is. Yeah. And she's like, ow. He just like, yeah. knocks her down with it and she's yeah. running away. It's a right in the back. At, yeah. least, at least you can appreciate, Brian, that they didn't do the CGI shot of the hammer spinning through the air. Yes. Uh, I am actually surprised they didn't. I know. And they missed and they just, like something that, yeah, ended up on the cutting room floor mm-hmm. or something. And they hit her with like a proper rubber mallet right in the back. 
But yeah, so we get this scene with Ted Raimi and another couple and they're on their way home. But the midnight meat train is taking them elsewhere and they don't know it. And I know Brian hates this, but I kind of like it. Uh, Ted Raimi gets smashed in the back of the head with the mallet and his eyeball comes popping out. And I like it because it's an Evil Dead 2 reference. It's a reference. Yes, it's a reference. Ted Raimi played Henrietta in Evil Uh, Dead uh, 2. Okay. And there's a scene in which Bruce Campbell uh, jumps on the trap door that pushes her eyeball out into somebody's mouth. And Mm -hmm. I think it's a reference to that. And even though even though it's done in this gloop gloppy bad CGI it's very fun. And then you get plenty of other practical effects within this scene. Like the de- right. the decapitation it, with the camera roll is great. And then like it's yeah. a it's a it's a real head with uh yeah. with a with a body prosthetic puppet. Yeah, the head was good. The 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 them keep doing the POV shots mm-hmm. of the uh, of the victims, like the one where, you know, he cuts you you are the victim whose throat's being cut when you're hanging upside down mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. all the blood just comes out as a weird sheath of glowing <laughs> like uh shiny blood it's like it's it's horrible it's absolutely atrocious but they i i the other thing that's maybe even more offensive to me is the fact that they keep assuming that New York or even Philadelphia, depending on where this is set, we haven't established yet. Commuters are this ill-equipped to deal with slippery surfaces. I just refuse to believe it. Like every time they touch a drop of blood, they're like, whoop. On the ground. (laughs) Yeah, they're just on the ground, sliding and slipping around. It's like, come on. This is the third most slippery thing they've stepped in that day. It's not winter time so they don't have their grippy shoes on (laughs) i guess it's just it's a lot it's a lot it's you could almost say that it's like his number one weapon it's just like clumsiness macaulay calkin no he's like he doesn't put down micro machines he just puts down a sheet of super slippery blood well maybe he's doing that in as part of his prep you don't know he's coming from the meat factory he's got a whole bunch of tallow that he rubs up and down the train (laughs) before people get on and people just are like oh yeah there's something slimy all over this train they're okay with that he's got crew shoes on and nobody else does right so so everyone else is slipping and sliding yeah he's got listen as somebody as somebody who has worked on the grill line at Bob Evans, there's no slipperier perp place. <laughs> you're not. It's not like you're on ice. Right. <laughs> like, but apparently with this it is. I mean, hey, he's got his he's got his grippy shoes. They probably have steel toes because you have to wear those in the plant as well. So I'm he's, sure you do. He's prepped. But mm-hmm. uh, th- and just another even though, again, th- you know, the hammer to the back of Ted Ramey's head is. Uh, you know, all CGI. They also do a pretty good splice cut. The The third guy in this scene is yeah. holding on to his leg and he does a hammer swing back and mm-hmm. hits him in the face. And yeah. it, it's a it's a pretty quick cut, but it's like it's a it's a practical dummy that he just fucking hammers right in the face. <laughs> it is, mm-hmm. eh, it's good. <laughs> if you can look past the bad, there's a lot of good. 
Yeah, I like it. it. The blinking, the blinking eye, you know, on the decapitated head was good. I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this is where they really established the brutality of the butcher. Uh, so you know that you know that Bradley Cooper shouldn't be following him around. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Bradley Cooper is he's trying to be an investigative journalist now. He's given up his photography and he's gonna be mm-hmm. an investigator. Yeah. Uh, he tries to he's take his bounce around. Yeah. He, hey, he's a trust fund baby. He can do as he please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He eats ass in the diner. He does Hell whatever yeah. he wants. Hell yes, he does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we haven't gotten that far. We haven't got that far. Yeah, but it's please. definitely a note I have that this is where all the ass eating of now comes from. <laughs> it all is instinctual. Yeah. It's all just based on osmosis of your parents saw this movie and then that's why this generation is so into eating ass, mm-hmm. I guess. Millennials saw her getting eaten from the back. Guys, wait, it's too soon. We're not we're not there. I know we're it's not there, soon. but we're just saying it's just what happens. We can jump we can okay. jump around. <laughs> jump around. We can jump around. It's what happens. But yeah, yeah so House of pain, jump around. That was what they called the creepers <laughs> thing. House of pain. It's called coming full circle. Yeah. Right? That was his house of pain. Uh-huh. Yeah. How did she know he calls it his house of pain? Because he never speaks. What the fuck? I don't know. In I her for- in her mind's eye. I Leave forgot to bring up. That was one of the stupider parts. Of it was. <laughs> he calls it his house of pain. <laughs> he never calls anything anything. He doesn't anything. speak. He literally doesn't call anything anything. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know what? Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, but I got to say, it. I did look. I, I read that he did have one speaking line in that movie mm. and it was cut out. Oh, great. They cut it. <laughs> what did he say? Give you I those peepers. <laughs> He said, ouch, my wing. <laughs> and they were like, oh, that doesn't make a lot of sense. That's not great. <laughs> ouch, my wing. Owie. 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 You're on my wing. You're on my wing. You're on my wing. Whoa, 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 whoa. Ow, 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 ow. <laughs> Just didn't really fit the character at all. Ow, 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 ow. Uh, yes, but Bradley Cooper brings his photos to the police. The police obviously don't believe him because he sounds like a crazy person. And then they also kind of are like, well, why are you taking creep shots of this woman? Huh? Right. Yeah. Pervert. He's like, I'm not pervert. Going home. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm not. I'm white. White. You don't like, get to talk really to me like the that. <laughs> the subtext of everything in this is yeah. uh, I'm just a white guy and you got to listen to me and believe me and I didn't do I'll anything do what I wrong. Want. Yeah, I'm telling you what's what. You don't talk to me like that. I'm a white guy. Why don't you talk to me? I'm just a, I'm a white guy. <laughs> well, did we get to the place where um, we talked? I know we talked about Rampage in this, but we did we get to talk about ultimately what happened to Rampage? No, we didn't get to that. We can we can go to there now because I'm pretty sure that's mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, because that's right before the ass eating pretty much anyway. Yeah, right? it's right before the yeah. ass eating. Uh, I want to get to the ass eating. It's a, it, yeah. You know, it, it, I would prefer to get to the ass eating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're back on the train again and Rampage is kind of just boobopping around being a cool guy, being a guardian angel. He's done his job mm-hmm. cleaning up the train. He's got a sick members only oh, jacket. He's got right. a beret. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. He's got yeah. the beret on. And this is where we kind of learn about how like the butcher is falling apart because yeah. he try he tries to fight Quentin Rampage Jackson. And even when you have a hammer, that's, you know, kind of hard. He's a tough dude. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, but yeah, he like he hits Rampage and then like 
he get he stuns himself. He hits him so hard because he starts spitting up blood. He's like, yeah. oh wow, yeah, that's where I was confused. Up, <laughs> like, where did that blood come? He, he's just dying. Where, yeah, well, he's just dying. Yeah, he's just dying. Oh, right. of, I, I took it as he had right. like cancer lesions and stuff. Like, yeah, I took okay. it as he is like has some sort of debilitating illness that is killing him. Yeah, he has he has okay. old ones cancer from hanging around the fucking creatures of the night. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got he's got Lovecraftian cancer. Yeah, as one gets. Yeah, I got HP. I got stage four HP. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. So well, why are you keeping all those legions, my dude? Like, <laughs> throw them in the trash. Don't. That's a lot of jars. Yeah, that's, that's a, lot a lot of, of jars. You live in a pretty small, like New York or Philadelphia <laughs> apartment. You need the the cabinet space. Yeah, I don't you understand know? the don't hoarding. Keep your legions in there. Yeah. <laughs> why are you hoarding your barn? <laughs> yeah <laughs> are they currency <laughs> well it's but then everything else in there because doesn't he have like eyes and shit like it almost mm-hmm. feels like he's got trophies in there yeah but then he also keeps his little pickled barnacles he puts them in like mm-hmm. yeah it so it's like he puts them in the stuff that barbers put their combs in you know yeah mm-hmm. so i mean you see part of his part of the preparation of the bodies before I mean, the giveaway is like he's fe- the bodies are being fed to monsters underground. Mm-hmm. So you see in his preparation, like that he removes all the teeth and eyes from the bodies. I guess yeah, they're hard to digest. Yeah. And all that shit. I guess they're hard to digest. So they're not, you know, they're not in the monster's diet. You got to take them out. Yeah. And then he just keeps those as trophies for himself. Just mm-hmm. as a reminder of like, yeah, man. I'm the midnight meat train butcher. <laughs> I'm the mid midnight meat train guy. That's me. Still got it. I'm the train guy. <laughs> train guy. Still got it. Um, do you wonder if he's like a descendant from Sir Topham Hat or something? <laughs> um, anyway, but uh, they uh, then the, the 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 reveal that there is something going on beyond just a serial killer. Is, is revealed it, in the death of Rampage. Yeah, is in the death of Rampage because Rampage is getting the better of the Butcher, you know, because mm. he's having his little attack or whatever. And as Rampage should, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, he, right? he should. He, I mean, I'm if surprised. Anyone can, it's him. Yeah, I'm surprised yeah. he didn't fucking power bomb him at some point during <laughs> yeah. this fight. But yeah, because I mean, that's that 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 was always the hallmark of any time you brought in like a UFC or a WWE guy into a movie, you had to have them do their signature move. Like somebody was, mm-hmm. yeah. If Goldberg was showing up, somebody was getting speared. Right. Yeah. If you're in Walking Tall, The Rock was throwing rock bottoms everywhere. <laughs> It happens, yep. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, you have the you have the conductor of the train. He hears this fight going on, and he gets up from his station, leaves the cabin, and goes into the train itself. And you get Rampage getting his eye shot out by the conductor, which now it makes yeah. sense as to why you can always murder people on the train, and somebody's driving the train. Oh, it's because he's in on it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So yeah, it it. I mean, I think it's a it's a good thing to point out early on because it becomes like a the first couple murders you see happen and you go, how does he get away with this? Isn't there somebody driving the train driving it to its end? Mm-hmm. You know, you can assume that they're in on it, but like this just confirms it and just cleans that up. You don't have to fucking think too much about it anymore until it comes yep. up mm-hmm. at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we're we're back to. Uh, Bradley Cooper and he is 
in the diner eating ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's getting he's starting to he's starting to devolve here. Yeah. Things are happening. He's yeah, starting to lose right. his mind a little bit. He's becoming a real shitbag to his uh girlfriend. Um and that then he just shows up at the diner one night and is like, We're gonna have some just really aggressive sex in this diner that starts with me just getting a big old plate of that right now. <laughs> just big old I'm eating it from the back and that's taking oh, it on my <laughs> Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot because there was really no I mean they had some romantic scenes earlier where they're talking about like oh I get you all to myself for an hour. Right. It's like very whatever. Yeah that's and, right. And then oh. he's like throws her over the counter and starts just munching just yeah. going pac-man on her yeah and again like i've said i've said it a couple times already but like she uh, uh maya is the character's name she is normie core like yeah it, she is a live laugh love girlfriend is yeah. what she is like live laugh love girlfriend yes you know it, i don't know man she took that ass eating pretty well oh yeah no yeah. it surprised her but like it's <laughs> never happened before either no, definitely you know, not. Like no, this was a first time situation. Yeah. But also maybe not because their relationship doesn't make any sense on any level, really. Even his like spiral, quote unquote spiral, which this isn't really necessarily part of the spiral, but this is like he's I don't know. Well, good. It's like tapping into a different part of himself like this. This whole midnight meat train thing. This this butcher yeah. is kind of like. He's kind of like getting under his skin somewhere yeah. in some way. Into yeah. something else. Well, yeah. well, and then ultimately he spirals to a point where he's like an emotional disaster. And then at the one point when he True. comes home, um, like even before, obviously we haven't gotten this far, but eventually he comes home and he's got the freaking the stuff carved in his chest and all that shit. Right. But even before that, when he, she comes home or he comes home. No, and no, she, she like, no, she comes home to find that he's done a fucking red string pinup board. That's right. That's yeah. right. That's right. But then like she's crying and then she starts getting naked and wanting him to take pictures. Yeah, and, that and, was weird. But, but he's like struggling to take the pictures, not struggling to get in the mood, struggling to physically take the pictures, which doesn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah. But then so their relation, his spiral, I guess what I'm getting at is like the whole spiral feels very unearned. It's, it's, <laughs> and their, it's really and rushed. Their relationship's very unnatural. Yeah. It, I think the spiral's yeah. really rushed. I think, again, the relationship makes sense from the standpoint that he's a trust fund kid mm -hmm. because then she's just a live, laugh, love girlfriend with a boyfriend that's going to inherit money you know mm -hmm. and like he's arty she gets to say she has an artist boyfriend but also she mm -hmm. has a boyfriend with money so it, yeah. she doesn't have many cares in the world her only cares right. come up when he starts being weird and like yeah those kind of girls can't handle weird it upsets <laughs> them it makes them cry they don't <laughs> you know like if this movie existed in her world she would not watch this movie. It upsets her and makes her cry. She doesn't <laughs> well, like and then that. Also, she's like, she's like, well, you seem to be really upset. Can maybe maybe if we do sex, that'll help. Right. Like, well, I mean, she, how many yeah. tricks in her bag does she have? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just going to take my shirt off real quick. Yeah. And yeah, it just... seemed like that was how she was going to solve it. So that was my thing is like, is that how how it's happening or is it more like she just they have a really weird uh, 
like ultra aggressive, not even, not even aggressive. I mean, it's aggressive when they're the eating ass in the diner and mm-hmm. all that stuff. But just do they just have a really weird sexual dynamic? I, I, I don't it, know. Yeah, I think it's more of they just have a really superficial relationship. Mm-hmm. And like the only thing she knows how to do is, uh, uh, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, pussy better? No. <laughs> ah, no. Uh, I got damn. nothing. I'm going to ah, cry about it shit, now. That's it. Ah. I'll fuck this up. Oh, yeah. Now I'm going to cry about it. We'll cry about um, this. I'll fuck this up. Uh, uh, all right. That, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. But what? Okay. Uh, this is, you know, a little, little bit of a side thing. This is another, on the topic of things that I didn't understand. Why did, uh, why did Mahogany buy the candy? Why did he buy the candy bar? Because oh, it yeah, wasn't time was to such kill. A gentleman at that time. I know, but why doesn't he just say "get lost, fuckers"? Because he has his tongue cut out and he can't say anything. Oh, that's true. That's right, he doesn't have a tongue. But but he undoubtedly has conversations with other people. No, he doesn't. Not conversations, not conversations. Um, interactions is what I meant. Yeah, he, he has, has interactions. interactions with other people, and he deals with it. And I, I don't know. I just thought that was a weird, out of character moment that I'm like, th- of, set up. It's set up to be a. Um, oh, is he going to kill these two yeah. kids? It's set up to be like a little bit of levity. He just goes a, yeah. a dollar. Here's yeah. a dollar. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. I yeah, just it's it's that supposed was to just be like scene. a little bit of levity, you know, mm-hmm. for all the other fucking terrible violence that's happening. Because mm-hmm. there really yeah. isn't much levity elsewhere, you know, unless you're counting mm-hmm. the sex scene. You're like, what well, little the, sex? The, it's it's the, the levity is actually two really great actors, which is um, the guy... Uh, um, I don't have it up in front of me. Jorgis or whatever the fuck oh, his yeah. name is. Yeah, yeah. Um, who who he's like a guy who I didn't even know his name. I had to look it up, and I'm like, what do I know this guy from? I definitely know him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's great. Uh, Robert or Roger Bart is his name. He plays Jorgis. Um, and then this is the guy that referred Bradley Cooper to the right. to Brooke Shields. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. And then Peter Jacobson, who plays Otto, who's the guy who owns the diner. These are both people who have been in a lot of TV and movies throughout the years. And you would know their faces immediately, but they haven't really played any humongous roles, I would say. Like they're in a lot of good movies, but like they don't necessarily play humongous roles. In yeah, a lot of them. I think I think most people would recognize Peter Jacobson from uh, House. He was he was. Yeah, that's what I say. I've never watched House, but that's the first thing that comes up in the stuff you would you would know him. Yeah, from. and I, I, he's he's uh, he's a pretty fun character on that show. Um, I just remember he was in As Good As It Gets. Okay. With with Jack Nicholson. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they're both they're right. both character actors and you you see them pop up a lot in both TV and film. So yeah. but yeah. So yeah, they also provide a little bit of levity as well. They're they're you know, they're jokey, but they're in very few scenes. He also pops up occasionally in a Hallmark Christmas movie. Oh, really? Yeah, it does. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, Peter Jacobson does. Oh, okay. I've never watched it. <laughs> no Wait, you never saw a, like a very cozy Christmas or some no. shit? I don't know. That's no. what he's in. That's I know. He's in this. He's in this. <laughs> I watch House. <laughs> and then I watch House again. <laughs> I've never watched House. I've never watched House. I not even going to get on the topic of house, but everyone says how great it is. And I'm like, that character seems super annoying. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Hey. It's like a know-it-all dick. Yes. I mean, it's, it's essentially, uh, it, it is a Sherlock, uh, adaptation. 
but okay. it's a it's a Sherlock adaptation for medical school. So he he's Sherlock, hmm. but he's a fucking dickhead. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like it's like what's the what's the guy from? He's a little bit more funny, but the guy who plays uh, 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 Doctor Cox in Scrubs. Oh yeah, like, yeah. He's just fucking annoying. Like he's not funny. He's just a dick, an annoying dick. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, Doctor House is pretty funny. He's not as cartoony <laughs> as Doctor Cox is. Well, that's but, why I like Dr. Cox. Right. At least it's cartoony. Yeah, so you're yeah. like, oh, he's, he's, he's just too being a, over the top. No one to... would actually talk about that. Right, it's right. a cartoon. The whole show is a cartoon. Right. It's all Looney Tunes bits. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, where are we at now? Let's see. We People have been killed. Um, Bradley Cooper is losing his mind. He's he's going down the conspiracy route. And the, like, I wish they expanded more. This is where I wish they had more of the time spent of him, like trying to piece together a conspiracy, because that's what ultimately winds up being revealed because you have the train station agent. You have at one point he's following the butcher into the subway and he's taking pictures of him and a cop, a cop stops him to, you know, that's right to take, to take, and he takes the film out of his camera, essentially reacts the shit out of him. Yeah. And so, like, you can assume that I don't think they ever, uh, I don't think they ever, like, say it out front, but, like, you can no, assume but that we're cop. We're assuming that's part of the cover up, too. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't make that connection, but you're probably right. So you have a cop station there that, you know, like Brian said, gives them the old Patriot Act pat, pat down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That could be explosive. What do I know? Give me that. Yeah. We're it's all code on. orange. It's code orange. I can stick my hand up your ass. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Fox News says orange alert, so we can do whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I wish they spent more time on the conspiracy angle, but yeah, not so much. They, they move the film pretty fast along, which is why, again, his breakdown feels a little unearned because they do their best with like him having these flashes of the train, him dreaming about mm-hmm. the train. Can't stop thinking about the train. Oh, yeah. got that train, got that meat, got that midnight all in my brain. <laughs> I got that meat, midnight meat brain. Yeah. Well, this is the thing is like this movie, it f- rushes through a lot of things, mm-hmm. but it's also simultaneously too damn long. The movie should be 25 minutes shorter <laughs> and and it but it still feels rushed. Yeah, I I, I think they spent their time in all the wrong places. Yeah, I well, I think if you were going to cut time, you would actually you would definitely cut out Brooke Shields. Yeah, like, get that whole fucking yes, thing please. out of there. Yeah, that's completely lose that. Yeah, that's too much. Like you can you can only you can just get away with saying like and just having Jurgis be a middleman and never seeing Brooke Shields character. And mm-hmm. just having Jurgis be like, oh, these photos aren't good enough for me to bring to her. Uh, give me something good. You know, and he's yeah, just been, in and out of the email. diner. Yeah. This could have been an email. Exactly. Yeah. That's, like, that was, that's my note. Yeah. It could have been an email. And the, but then yeah. also like sometimes some of the scenes on the train could have also been consolidated. You know, you, you didn't have to have. Honestly, you didn't have to have the Rampage Jackson. It could have just been no. a problem of him doing three on one with those people that the station agent had to come back and kill the last one. So, yeah, he could have been in there with the same time that Ted Raimi was in there. Mm-hmm. Like there was just it's just too much of that stuff. It just felt like they were ham fistedly shoving things into the script because they had them 
set up or could pay for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Like we need another, we need another kill scene. Okay. We got this idea of we're going to have someone hanging upside down and you cut his throat. All right. We're going to do that. Okay. Brooke Shields, we got her for one day. Let's do this. You know? So it's just, it's, it's just ended up making for a very flabby movie. Yeah. I, and also yeah. a lot of those scenes are kind of filming for opportunity because yeah. it's just, those scenes are just Vinnie Jones and whatever one or three other actors in that scene. Mm-hmm. So like you can film Vinnie Jones and Ted Raimi together on a completely separate day with nobody else there. Bradley Cooper's not there. Nobody else is there. Yeah, and then, he's always just missing the train or chasing right. it or getting stopped by the cops. Like he's never there for those things. Yeah. And then you can just film Vinnie Jones and that model, Vinnie Jones and Rampage. And they're just like mm-hmm. quick, easy shoots either, you know, they do them all in one day or it's a thing you break up the schedule with. It's just an opportunity thing, but you don't throw those scenes away after you film them because you yeah. have them. So yeah, it, it yeah. gets, it can feel a little bloated, but also I think it just adds to the fun. You know, you get a lot of goofy shit happening in there. A lot of yeah. fun effects. No, it's so not, it's just the whole thing. I just wish it was, it drags. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what you know we get to the point though where bradley cooper does finally get on the train he finally mm-hmm. catches it train guy gotta get on a train train guy he's been obsessing about it yearns for the train <laughs> <laughs> gets on the train and he's watching uh he's watching the butcher butch and that's <laughs> you that's when he gets caught up in it all and the train stops and he gets attacked by shit that we don't really see we see a lot of claws yeah, yeah. come out of the darkness and he gets his chest all ripped up. He gets all fucked up and he wakes up in the sewer underneath the meat packing plant, <laughs> which is just a great way to dispose of somebody. You just wake up and other people are like starting their shift as yeah. he's like leaving. <laughs> yeah. You just get the oh, hey, hi. Yeah. You just get the one guy like, you know, organizing the hooks. He's like, hey, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you'll belong here. <laughs> yeah, I imagine there's a lot of turnover at the meat plant. Right. So a new face yeah. isn't that weird. Yeah, you know? it's like they didn't shoe out this homeless person <laughs> who's been like, <laughs> just slept here. Yeah. Listen, I used to work at a trucking warehouse. The 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 morning crew would sh- sometimes show up at two in the morning drunk and just sleep until their shift started. Yeah. So you know, shit happens. In that yeah, for sure. Yeah, I yeah I knew a lot of guys like that at the PVC plant. You know, yeah, it was, dude would go to the bar till the bar closed mm-hmm. then come sleep in the big garbage thing where we threw all the plastic wrap uh, like until 5 a.m when he heard people come in oh and wake him up and he'd start working mike's out Jesus. in the lean to again yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was just normal we had a roger his name's roger sick roger sl- roger would sleep in there go somebody go wake up roger we gotta get started <laughs> oh. <laughs> so but yeah he, he wakes up in the plant and that's when he goes home and uh Leslie Bibb discovers like he's all fucked up and bloodied and you know he's just like I'm just trying to sleep and they're like she's like we gotta go to the police this is a bad thing he's like they're not gonna believe me nobody believes me yeah (laughs) that my dad got my dad's gonna be mad I lost that camera he bought me yeah (laughs) I lost my camera I lost everything more bloody nobody likes me nobody being a real yeah he's being a real bitch at this point I just really want him dead yeah I hate his character and I want him dead yeah and I think it's kind of a good thing for the film mm-hmm. overall that like Bradley Cooper never is really that likable yeah. with the way the character ends up. So mm-hmm. it's kind of good that he's not that likable. Like he's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It made sense. Yeah. 
He's kind of just a he's a dick. You yeah. know, nobody likes yeah. that. Um, I mean, you guys were talking about character arcs before. I mean, he's gone from eating confidently eating butt mm-hmm. to just <laughs> just crying just to can't yeah. fucking do it, man. That, that's yeah. a great arc for me. I, I, I understand that kind it's of a, arc. it's a strong yeah. arc because he goes from <laughs> a literal soy boy of eating tofu. <laughs> Yep. To, you know, like conflicted, but he's also obsessing about the trains and the meat, you know, yeah. really horny to, you know, if Meg was here, she would just have so much to say about him. She'd be calling him a beta. Yeah. All the time. She'd be calling him a beta. She'd be calling him a cuck. She, she would just really be undressing would, this character right now. <laughs> she would change his name to Beta Lee Cucker. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but yeah, so Bradley Cooper is out of his mind. He can't be controlled, but also he's gonna go. He's going to go to his gallery opening. Mm-hmm. Uh, he finally landed the you know with all his crazy photos of the butcher and then the thugs and all that. He's finally got his shots. He, he Brook Shields will display his art, and this is just like kind of a way to get him out of the way for a minute. Because he's got to, yeah. yeah, like, I feel like, again, if you cut out all the Brook Shield stuff, maybe there's a better way to do this as well. But essentially, the scene is just to get him out of the way because Leslie Bibb and Jurgis are going to go investigate, you know, finding the camera and getting it back from the butcher. But how do they know where the butcher lives? From the, yeah. uh, from the other photos, because he had photos of him outside the, the hotel. hotel. Yeah. Oh, he lives at the hotel. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So yeah, she used she used her investigative abilities that she learned, mm-hmm. I guess, at some point. <laughs> at the diner. Yeah. At the but, diner. But like what so why do they why don't they like them just breaking like going full Loomis and just doing a casual B and E style. Yeah, right. Casual yeah, B and E. Why? Call the cops. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't know why they do this because she still believes in the cops. Like she tried to get mm-hmm. him to go mm-hmm. to the cops. But yeah. And now she's like, we gotta go vigilante Donald Pleasant stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vigilante yeah. B- Donald Pleasant shit. They gotta go do B and E's. You know? There's a murderer on the loose. Dodd do the B and E. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah, her and Jurgis break into the butcher's apartment. They find all his fun trophies and his fun barnacle jars. And yeah. they, they find, you know, th- this is where she finally gets on board that there's a mm-hmm. real murderer and that Bradley Cooper isn't just losing his mind, although he is, mm-hmm. but like she believes him for the first time uh, in right. full. Uh, and then Jurgis gets got. Uh, yes, because he's creeping around. Real bad. Yeah. yeah, Jurgis gets the raw end of the deal, and first and foremost, it's because his name's Jurgis, right? But then he gets, yeah, ultimately got, and then his guts get all spilled out later. It's no good. It's mm. a big mess. Which yeah. again, they they do that one practically. You gotta like how mm. they just, you know, he's upside down. They just pour a fucking bucket of blood. Like he gets water, <laughs> he gets waterboarded with caro syrup. <laughs> yeah, he really does, and it is so caro syrupy because it is. It's got that not just the sheen, which we've already talked about, because they're trying to. I think they did that to make it replicate the shitty effect that is all they could create with the CGI, mm-hmm. but also the way it, it beads and runs off of things. Yeah, it. It looks like sugar, like yeah. sugar syrup. Yeah, you know? it, ga- yeah. yeah. it gathers and like, runs in a specific way. But, yeah, yeah. So they, they you know, they, they have don't to- you dare skip past the worst line in the movie either. I 
I probably block it out, so I don't know what it is. Oh, oh no, I know what it is. I know what it is, and I'll don't you I'll dare say skip it. over it. I'll say <laughs> it, but I, I need you to sit in it. <laughs> sit in your dirty pee pants, <laughs> your dirty pee pee pants. So yeah, uh, Jurgis gets got, and uh, Bradley Cooper is back at his uh, he's back at his gallery showing. Mm-hmm. But now it's gone beyond. It's gone beyond his dreams. The yearning for the train is there. Because <laughs> he's, he's staring at the butcher photo. Yeah, and he's staring. At, you know, it, the one he took of him staring right down the barrel of the camera. Right. Which again, I just to jump back, we talked about how Jeepers Creepers were like the creeper acknowledges, you know, the brother and sister, and and mm-hmm. like it's a creepy moment of like acknowledgement. It's pretty creepy when like he gets caught, you know, shooting creep shots of the butcher. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to get butched. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yes, he's he's yearning for the train in the midnight and he decides that he's going to leave his gallery showing. Yearning for the train in the midnight. <laughs> and Brooke Shields says, where are you going? <laughs> and he says, I got a train to catch. <laughs> what? A, the only thing that would have made it better is. I got a meat train to catch yeah. <laughs> at midnight. Nobody says that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, such a, I just wrote, quote, I have a train to catch. Barf. <laughs> as many A's and R's and F's as I could type. He, like, it is terrible. And at that point, he should have put on like a straw hat and had a cane thrown to him from off screen and just gone. Just turns into Michigan J. Frog. Yeah, as he exits stage left. Yeah. Terrible. But yeah, he he's off to go to the train again. He's and he's decided that he's going to he's going to gear up. Uh, you get a mm-hmm. pretty decent yeah, that's right. you get a pretty decent gear up scene you know everybody knows him from action films uh, like, but he's not an action guy he's no. a photographer dork yeah but that's why he's not getting guns Brian he's getting the only thing he yeah, knows he is butcher, butcher stuff, tools right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he gets a butcher's apron and a bunch of knives that's what he goes he only knows this is not earned by his character at all he's not a tough guy a little bit he got out of a fight earlier by saying i got you on camera <laughs> and now all of a sudden he's fucking terminated yeah he essentially said if you guys beat me up i'm gonna tell my dad that's just that was the subtext <laughs> mm-hmm. of that conversation now he's the terminator with butcher gear on it's infected him brian it's part of his destiny. Jeez. It's in his brain. He's getting Christ. See, Mahogany, Vinny, what's his name? He's a fucking house. He's He's got a head yeah. like a fucking, you know, fire plug. He looks yeah. like he's going to, he looks like an enforcer for the mob. That's what he plays in most movies. Mm-hmm. So you see that guy, you're like, oh yeah, probably don't want to fuck with that guy. You see Bradley Cooper, you're like, you just got out of rehearsal for Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Like you are not fighting anybody. You are not a tough guy. And his character hasn't been the entire movie, but now he's going to go tough guy. Yeah. Cause he's got the mark. They gave it to him. Once, you know, once you get infected, you get touched by the old ones. They give you the power. They give you the power and the obsession. It's all it is. It's power and obsession. (laughs) I guess. But like at this point, none of that had been, established so you're like why is this make sense mm-hmm. uh, yeah i mean 
if he had like it gets a little too superhero hero-y though if you include a scene where like somebody's fucking with him on the streets and he fights that guy and beats him up handedly and goes oh i have so much power in these hands now <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. no i bad. wouldn't have wanted that yeah but. no yeah i yeah i understand if, what you're saying about like yeah it, it feels kind of crazy that he goes from you know not but he he knows in his mind like he knows for sure that that guy kills and that guy is mm-hmm. violent so like mm-hmm. he knows he's going in with the mindset of like he has no other choice he thinks yeah. he's the only person who knows this is happening and mm-hmm. he's the only person who can stop it you know yeah. so like and that's why he does load up he does load up with the chainmail apron like he knows mm-hmm. he's gonna fucking get hit and or stabbed at some point mm-hmm. so he's right <laughs> you know he's he's expecting a fight to the death so but no but doesn't get a, a gun no. Like if you're going to deal with this big meathead guy who is kills multiple people and you are soy boy beta cuck, um, <laughs> fucking photographer, maybe, you know, get a gun. It's New York City, Brian. <laughs> they have some you of the strictest gun laws. They're gone. That's right. All I'm saying is. Uh, I'm pretty sure in America, it's pretty. You go to Walmart, they got them. They'll Not pe- in New York City. You. Not in New York City. You can't get them. Okay. But if you're going to go on the train covered in knives, that seems <laughs> conspicuous too. Yeah, but it's like a late train. Nobody will bother you. <laughs> So that for that it's a late train yeah. but for but there are literally no guns in new york city no there's no guns in new york city except for the one auto has and auto probably had that illegally you know oh yeah but the girlfriend can pretty quickly freaking live laugh love girlfriend she can grab gra- she'll have a gun you need a gun i'll get you a gun in five minutes she runs well, that's the thing. he obviously obviously bradley cooper didn't know about that gun at the diner only she knew about it and she probably wasn't supposed to know about it because yeah, he had it illegally he was pissed, yeah yeah was i guess yeah. it's I illegal guess, guys there's a lot to fill in here i know but like you just got to think about it for a second you have to understand there's no guns in new york city you're not allowed to have them it yeah. takes like you're not allowed to conceal well maybe nowadays you can conceal carry but like you weren't allowed to conceal carry you couldn't have handguns you could have like uh rifles and shit but mm-hmm. yeah you couldn't have handguns they they had crazy strict laws so he would have to go what you're saying Brian is he would have to go talk to actual gang members looking as he does and that's just a yeah, whole other set work. of danger it work. like yeah. why put yourself in danger uh, to get into more danger I would say guy go go like go to the old uh you know there, there's a store. There's a sporting goods store that sells <laughs> shotguns. They're extremely easy. I can go buy a truckload of shotguns. Be back in my house in 45 minutes. Of course you can, because the Cabela's is right down in Weirton. But this isn't fucking <laughs> the rural outskirts of Western PA. <laughs> it, shotgun. I'm just saying. Shotguns are perfectly legal, and you don't even... There's no waiting permit. Uh, anyway, I know you I'm can roll up saying, the rural king and get your fucking gun on, but... It's not like that in the big city. <laughs> All right, fine, fine, whatever. 
there are old gods living under the street, living in the tunnels. Yeah, I think he could get himself a fucking shotgun. That's probably why those strict handgun laws exist, so people don't go out hunting old gods in the subway sewers. Got to keep the balance. At the, That's true. At the one time you. That's true. Giuliani is part of the the the. Yeah, yeah. you know he's in cahoots. He's with part these, of the cabal that hides the old ones underneath the sewer system. Yeah, yeah. Alex Jones will tell you about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. Oh my. We we get a final we, confrontation on the train. Leslie Bibb shows up with her gun. Bradley Cooper shows up with his bib. They all get on the train. <laughs> they fight Vinnie Jones. And you you have uh I don't know, pretty good effects at this point. Like it's all pretty much practical, I think, from here. Uh mm. I I'm trying to think if there's anything that stood out glaringly at this point. I don't think so. I was so done with this movie at this point. It's an hour and a half in at this point. Like when he's getting suited up for the last final uh, confrontation, we're over an hour and a half in, I believe. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, let it be over. And Kate's like, doesn't he do some Tyler Durden shit? And I was like, I can't remember. I know there's monsters. (laughs) That's all I remember. And she was like, no, I think it's a Tyler Durden situation because she remembered that he becomes the new mahogany or whatever. She remembered that. I didn't remember that, but I did remember there were monsters. So we're like both tired, kind of wanting to go to bed. And we're just like, where's where? Why does this go again? There's 20 minutes left. (laughs) Well, see, now this is this is the thing. This is one of those situations where like Meg didn't like ravenous because she was watching it tired and falling asleep. You're watching this movie tired. you know, with your wife and you're both trying to guess I'm the ending. I'm not tired. She's got to get it for work. She's got to go to bed. I'm not tired. I'm just bored. It's an hour and a half in. <laughs> Whatever. I this was movie, still at this point. I was ready. I want to see yeah, some fucking I mean, aliens. I had seen I it before. I get it. Yeah. But yeah, you 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 get you get a pretty good fight scene between Bradley Cooper and uh, Mahogany. And like, yeah probably is overdone a little bit but also because of the director in his background in action films like he does samurai films in like if you ever watched versus again i keep bringing it up but like that movie is essentially dragon ball z uh mm-hmm. so yeah check it out but yeah it's a, it's a pretty long overdone fight scene but also I think you get your only instance that I can think of of taint trauma when Bradley Cooper is trying to dodge in between bodies and he causes uh, mahogany to hit one of the bodies right in the taint as it's hung upside down (laughs) with the hammer. (laughs) I missed that. I was going to I thought you were referring back to the ass eating scene where he just maybe just that maybe there was some taint trauma there because that was no this is this is violent. Yeah, yeah. this is straight up taint trauma. He's Bradley Cooper. They're doing a ring around the rosy behind the body and mm-hmm. you know Vinnie Jones tries to reach between the legs and hit it you know and he just winds up hitting it right in the taint <laughs> with the hammer yeah the hammer <laughs> um but yeah he uh as Bradley Cooper's trying to shove mahogany off the train his kind of last act is he stabs a knife in the jergus and opens him up like a full pig and just you know, I thought that part was cool too. Yeah. Just kind of like a. Yeah. I mean, he, he was uh. hanging. Then Jurgis was just along for the ride. He was just hanging there, still conscious, still looking around. And mm-hmm. yeah, whatever happens to him happens. He can't help it. And Jurgis, Jurgis got the raw end of the deal. Rest in peace, man. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> he did. He he did have uh, 
they they also went as far to like do the makeup of like they had like the big bulging veins on his head as like because all the blood is rushing to his head as oh, he's hung- he's been upside down forever yeah, yeah yeah but yeah Vinnie Jones gets pushed off the train and dispatched and you're kind of left with Bradley Cooper and Leslie Bibb on the train and just a bunch of bodies and blood and meat everywhere and it pulls into the station and the station agent comes out and says uh, time to step away from the meat I would not be near this. <laughs> Yeah, and the monsters come out of the dark and you kind of it empties into this like vast chamber that's just like it's not like a real station or anything it's just you know everything it's just a cavernous giant underground like arena almost yeah not mm-hmm. arena in that they're seating but just like huge cavernous underground chamber yeah. yeah and it's just it's full of bodies it's full of bones and then uh Oh, Vinnie Jones is back. Another fight scene. More fight scenes. <laughs> yeah, at this point, I'm like, this all this should if it would have been just like quick and impactful. But no, it's just dragged out. Yeah, I don't think at this point it needed to be like an extended fight scene as it is. But I don't know. It also it, it's OK. It's all right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it ends. I enjoy, I enjoy this part. Yeah, it ends quick enough with him stabbing a femur right through his neck. And that's mm-hmm. like, you know, that's pretty cool uh, visual. And, you know, Vinnie Jones's only line in the film is just like, you know, welcome because mm-hmm. he's finally accepted that like his time is over. He's dead. They've both seen that they both have the same scarring on their chest. So they both have the mark. Yeah. And so, you know, Vinnie Jones has accepted that like my time's over and now you're going to be the new butcher. Bye. Bye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Uh, Bradley Cooper. I wish I would have paid attention enough to notice if all the uh, the skulls also had their teeth pulled out. Mm. In that, you know, no, I don't. No, I don't think all of them did. No. Yeah, but they should have, right? Because that's you can't technically. You, I mean, why was maybe that's just maybe that's just mahogany's thing of pulling the teeth out. Yeah, maybe he just wants the teeth. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the whole idea is that. Well, I'm getting ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say I was going to get ahead of like what the ar- a- a- assumed arrangement is with these creatures. But yeah. So, yeah, Bradley Cooper does a final death blow, kills Mahogany. And you have the station agent, you know, appear again. And he's like, well, you did good, kid. Guess what time it is. You're going to be a part of this now. And he's like, I don't mm-hmm. want to be a part of this. And then the station agent picks him up in a choke slam. He's like, oh, no, you're hella strong, bro. <laughs> Yeah. All right. I guess um, I'm in. Dang, dang, dang. Damn, dude. <laughs> and he rips his tongue out <laughs> and <Yeah>. eats his tongue. <laughs> yeah. Second movie with tongue eating today. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, the station agent explains that they have an arrangement that, you know, you have to keep the balance. We keep these things fed and they don't go fucking crazy bonkers woohoo all over Manhattan, you know, mm-hmm. which is. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you should just let it and then like let him get killed. Can they not be killed? I was gonna say, yeah. Can we? Can we? I, I got a feeling if we could just you know drone these guys or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who knows? Maybe I think the the fun implication here is that this is some again some very cosmic horror, Lovecraftian, old god shit. So it's like these guys might just be the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. You know, there might be a yeah. fucking giant Cthulhu in the fucking you know Hudson River or something. Yeah. Or maybe they actually just serve a purpose and like they also just you know clean the water or eat the garbage. 
you know? the riffraff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. they just got a lot of things going on for them. Yeah. yeah. They, they're busy underground. You don't, you don't <laughs> see what they're doing during the day. You only see when they feed. Yeah. So maybe they got like day jobs, that shit going on. <laughs> like, because the, the, I guess the other implication is that they can dress up as humans. I feel like because that station agent is so super oh, strong. Sure. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they can disguise themselves in some way, right? So there's, you know, it's a good way that maybe you know that they're just disguised and they are the reptilians that control the, you know. But like, relax time is at night. You you don't wear your suit for work at home. No. You know, Let you strip down. down. Yeah, and that's what yeah. they did. They strip down. So, but if they can do that, mm-hmm. right? They can go up top and all that stuff. Right. Why don't they go up and get their own food? Why do they need uh, a, a a human that is, you know, assumedly much weaker than them to get their food for them? Is it just doing the dirty work? Or maybe it's part of the arrangement is they can't go topside. They got it. But the conductor does. I mean, he if he's one well, of them, he's driving the train. Well, he doesn't necessarily go topside. He just goes on the train. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. No, that's true. He never does technically. But couldn't he be the one gathering the food? I guess probably, maybe, but yeah, like they yeah. can't. He's got to drive the train. He can't do yeah. both. Come on. <laughs> yeah, come on. Well, how Jesus. is it harder to make old God monster teach him how to drive a train or to, <laughs> or to just use a human that could drive the train? Oh. I don't know. It, you it, know. Like you have to wonder how old he is because it's been going on for hundreds of years. So maybe yeah. like he learned on the old trains, you know, he learned on the first <laughs> trains. True. And he just yeah. he just stuck with it, you know. <laughs> he's just a train guy. Now. Yeah, he's just a train. He's a he's a midnight me train guy. Yeah, he's made a career out of this. Good for him. He just but, really likes trains, um, guys. Leave him be. Leave him alone. We we didn't mention the the thing that makes this just an incredibly bleak ending. Um, you know, a borderline mist level bleak ending is Bradley Cooper powerlessly watching him kill his oh, watching yeah, the conductor no. person kill live laugh love girlfriend and then watch her be eaten by the monsters yeah rips her heart out in a still beating way yeah. and essentially is offered her heart you know like here to him yeah you yeah. you're one of us now you fucking deal yeah. with it <laughs> yeah yeah. And he's sobbing and freaking out. His tongue has been ripped out and eaten, so his mouth's all full of blood. Mm-hmm. He can yell about it. Ugh. It's not good. He's yeah, he's making a whole scene. Yeah. And though, and then to make it even worse, he gets that haircut. Oh, well, that's even that's oh, the biggest crime. That's, that's, that's a horrible guy. fade. That's what you get. You get a white power haircut when you become the midnight meat train guy. <laughs> Yeah. So you get the old hey, gonna look back over the shoulder. What if he? The only thing would have made it better if he's like. I'm going to say you can't. <laughs> like, he looks like over his corner trying to talk with no tongue but delivering his sick line one more time. Somebody had to give him that haircut. So yeah. like I don't think it's a haircut that yeah. he chose because he can't unless he just went and like brought in a pitcher and gave it to the mm-hmm. barber and said and, and yeah. just like pointed to it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Or do you think that the 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 monsters, the underground monsters, do have like a little town down like there with like a barber so. shop, yeah. and they're like, "Come on around!" And then they like doing jokes because they have like corpses down there that they like are eating the head off of, and they're like, "He said to take a little off the top," and they're all like, ah, ah, ah. "Again, yeah. that's why the barnacles are actually currency. That's how you get your haircuts." 
You pay oh, for your oh, my barnacle. Pay for the haircuts one with the barnacle. barnacle. One haircut. That's right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Wow. We've done it. We went through all three of these motherfucking What a journey movies. that was. It really was. It really was. Mm. Um, I've been ups and and I've been downs in this whole time. Um, beer, coffee, emotional peaks, <laughs> emotional lows. Valleys. Um, but it is time to vote uh, on on how we want to go about uh, uh, awarding the champion for this year's showdown. Steve, as the champ, does get to determine the order in which we vote. Yes. And uh, with that, I think we're going to just vote the way that we went. So it'll go Brian and then Ben, and then I'll vote last. Right. Fine. Um, so, uh, like I said, I, I these movies are very different in that Midnight Me Train, I think, is a little bit long, starts out kind of weak and then ends super strong. Jeepers Creepers starts really strong and then just kind of falls apart pretty quickly. Uh, boy, howdy. I am going to say, because at the very least, I think that it is a, at least trying to adapt. I'm, I, I love Clive Barker. I love, um, I, I think this is a great story. Do I think it was executed perfectly? No, I think it was kind of bloated in, in general, but um, I think the performances overall were definitely better in Midnight Meat Train. The CGI hated it so badly. <laughs> uh, and not an easy choice because, you know, Jeepers Creepers, at least it feels like a tight movie. Um, it doesn't outweigh its uh, out, out, you know, weigh its welcome there or outstay its its welcome. But I do got to say, you know, uh, I'm, a, I'm more of a sucker for the uh, um, the 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 feel, the environment of of Midnight Me Train. And like I said, a real I'm a sucker for a really good ending. Um, so I got to go. I think I'm going to go Midnight Me Train. All right. On to you, Ben. On to me. Um, I am a sucker for the the at least from from my brain's perspective the simplicity of Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> I enjoyed how that it was just an easy watch. It had wings. It was green. It had scales. It was green. People, and that was it. green. You He's know, drinking green beer. He's a big green I'm guy. Big, we know this. I'm, guy. A, I'm a big green guy. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think of, of all the movies that I watched for, to get ready for this episode, Midnight Meat Train gave me the most happy feelings inside my body mm. and uh, i'm gonna go with midnight meat train too mm. i can't i can't i can't deny it so mm. yeah i don't think it even matters anymore right is that mm. no, it does all he needs steve's nope. got a tidy tidy win here two but i am interested champ. to two hear two time champ two time champ yep. <laughs> you're really trying to start a lot of one person chance Hell here yeah. <laughs> um, i do want i do i would am interested though still to hear yeah uh you, you know which one you depict i i know you really didn't like halloween six uh, no, this I was like, one of those, no, I still like Halloween 6. 
No, okay. no right. I mean, well, just because I call it a messy bitch don't mean I don't love a messy bitch. <laughs> like, I think... That, Cajun Steve, yeah. you know how it feels about that. I hate a messy bitch. <laughs> I've decided that. That's one thing this 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 podcast has taught me. I hate a messy yeah. bitch. I, like, there's... I still think, like, there's a lot of great things that happen in Halloween 6. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the violence is ramped up to an appropriate level, you know, uh, previous to what we've seen in the other films. Um, and... You know, that that fucking the way John dies is amazing. <laughs> uh, so and like you said, there's a, there's a lot of callbacks to the original film. You know, again, I really love those shots of uh, Michael in the lightning, even though it seems like it's a storm that never comes. It's <laughs> no, it never does. That's what I like about it, though. It's always just on the precipice. Yeah, it's just on the precipice of storming. Almost about the rain. So, yeah, yeah no, I, I, I would have picked Halloween six. Jeepers Creepers and just ignoring the uh, ignoring the 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 real problematic issues with it. The film itself, again, we both we've all said it like that first 20 minutes is fucking great. Um, But it just all falls apart to them throwing around this goof ass lore that they never really thought out. And it's just like, what am I watching? Like, it, it feels like it's the same reason why I never liked Harry Potter or got into Harry Potter, because it felt like they were just going to write anything they wanted if they backed themselves into a corner. They didn't uh-huh. like set anything up. And it, it becomes, I don't know, it just kind of becomes boring at a lot of parts because they're like, we're going to go to this diner and we're going to have like a lot of drama in this diner, but you're not going to see a lot of things. Yeah. You know, and you then it happens again in the police station. You don't see a lot of things that happen in the police station. You get a radio call that fills you in. <laughs> and it's, and then it yeah. ends so anticlimactically because you have a whole squad of police aiming fucking AR15s <laughs> at a fucking monster and they don't take a single shot. Happens. They don't take a single yeah. shot. They just let it jump out the window <laughs> with somebody mm-hmm. and you go uh, it's a movie. I'm like, <laughs> wow, I've never seen this movie and I am I am upset that I have now. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and listen, Ben, I do want to be the first to say you fought valiantly. Mm-hmm. But you, Meg just really threw you under the bus on this yeah. one. She really did. She threw you under the 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 bus which has a uh, 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 a vanity license plate on it that says basically eat shit Ben and then she backed over you three or four times uh, and then she just let you there to, to bleed out yeah. so uh, but you know what you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna I'm gonna let my wings I'm gonna bring my wings up I'm gonna yeah. fly off I'm gonna repair I'm gonna eat some body parts that I need and I'm gonna come back stronger than ever guys okay we'll, we'll definitely mark my words we'll definitely give you a chance to do one with your own movie at some point. Bring my own yeah. movie. You know, yeah, bring please. your own weapon instead of somebody mm-hmm. else's. Instead mm-hmm. of Meg's giant uh, DMNT axe. Yeah. <laughs> um, All right. Well, the bluff. question now becomes: Steve has won two in a row, which is not good for anybody. That's no. not good for anybody except for Steve. Yes. Um, but Steve. he really did go after us on the punishment. Uh, oh, last and I time. loved that movie. The the poop movie. Yeah, the poop that was movie. Great. It yeah. really oh. went after us oh. on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please, so do it again. What, what are you going to do? What are you going to do this time? See, I feel like I don't want to be too mean because I was so fucked up on the last one. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, 
and you know what? I I might have to get back to you on this because I wasn't prepared. Okay. I wasn't prepared with a middle of the road. Okay. Um, All right. But I think it, I think it is only fair if you know uh, uh, you know Ben lost, he should also come back for the punishment. Mm. I would love that. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. I, I feel like it is. It's 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 tough for me to keep up with your guys' brains about Halloween is the whole Halloween series. Mm-hmm. You give me one movie to dedicate myself to. And you, you I, got I it. You're golden. <laughs> you gotta I want to be there because Steve's Three gonna put lot. something Three real fucked up. I'll come dressed as the part. I don't. I don't give a shit. I'm that's. I'm ready. I. Mm, <laughs> yeah. I, I. Yeah. I'll have to go through my list of things I have listed of bad movies. I have a, a list of nice bad movies and naughty bad movies. <laughs> we did a, the nice list and the naughty. We list. definitely did a real naughty bad movie last time. So I'll have to find yeah. something nicer. I almost. <laughs> I almost said let's do Jeepers Creepers Reborn since none of us have seen it. Yeah. But it has such terrible reviews. Like, let's not do yeah. that to ourselves. Like, eh, uh, why? yeah, we just we just did one of those too. We yeah. did the, the Children of the Corn right. remake, which was yeah. abysmal, which actually was really fun. It's fun. And one of the funnest episodes because it was so fucking unbelievably bad. Right. Um, but yeah. all right. Well, we'll wait on for a little surprise coming into next week. Um, where Steve's in charge of the punishment uh, uh, once uh, again uh, 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 guys i don't know how this happens i mean i know how this happens i know how this happens but um <laughs> is, i mean it just happens this is what i know happens. how this Meg picks something awful and then i pick something that's a just complete selfish homer pick <laughs> this is what fucking ends up as a result this is what so. happens meg isn't here to screw things up for me <laughs> meg yeah. is meg is my biggest enemy on the show <laughs> she is a kryptonite she is your kryptonite um all right well, tune in next week when we talk about whatever the fuck Steve makes us talk about. Yes. Uh, Can't wait. For the Halloween is Forever crew, I'm Brian. I'm Meg. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still champ. Two-time champ. Uh, chip, chip, chip. Chip, chip, chip. Fuck my life. Chip, chip, Bye. Chip. See ya. <laughs>